Okay, everybody. Well, thank you for waiting this 20 long minutes. Um, I am finally joined by Rebecca Pizzi from the Australian Values Party. Yeah, correct. Hi, Rebecca. Just speak into your mic when you just angle it up. Make sure you speak right into it. Um, I'm also... Try and get your words straight, Andrew. Joined by Robin and Christian Jackson Strainer. Did I get that right? Yeah, nearly. Yeah. That's good enough. Stegner. Stegner. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining me. Now, we'll start with you, Rebecca. You're running for the Australian Values Party. What would you like to tell us about the party? Yeah, sure. I'm running with the Australian Values Party for a Senate, so everyone in WA can vote. One, two, three for AVP, Rebecca Pizzi. Yeah, fantastic. So my background is I've been a nurse uh, for 18 years and been in healthcare for 20. And when the mandates came about, I decided that it was time to stand up and be vocal for people's freedoms and advocate Mm -hmm. for uh, the right of choice and bodily autonomy. And through that process, I've met lots of wonderful people and was introduced to the Australian Values Party. So we were founded by a veteran called Heston Russell and he was in Canberra advocating for veterans' mental health and wellbeing, saw a lot of bad behaviour and decided right then that he'd start his own party, the Australian Values Party, to reflect what Australians need and want. And I saw him interviewed just recently, I think it was on Sky. Yeah, usually Sky, yeah. Uh, Yeah, well, the only somewhat conservative news outlet that we have these days. Um, Not perfect, but certainly a lot better than the regular MSM. Um, So that's really interesting. How's your campaign going? Yeah, so campaigning is hectic. Uh, We are a small party. We are self-funded. We have not got any political ties to any other party. We are straight down the line for the Australian Values Party and for the Australian people. So... um, I'm a bit isolated over here in WA because yes. they weren't allowed over here until just recently, even though they had had two of their vaccinations, they couldn't come over. But um, <clears throat> he might be coming now in the 17th because he's allowed to fly over here. Ah. It's interesting when a federal election comes up, we're suddenly able to get some of our freedoms back. Well, I'll tell you what, I'd love to interview him. Um, I'll have to be. Uh, I'll have to get your number later on so we can talk about that. Yeah, sure. Um, that'd be really, really exciting, Rebecca. I believe you're the only uh, candidate for your party in Western Australia. Yeah. So Heston had about three hundred people apply to the Australian Values Party, and he picked about twelve candidates that showed leadership and service to their community. Um, it was quality over quantity. We don't want um, career politicians anymore. We want people who are proven leaders who yeah. can represent the Australian people. Uh, I just see Robin looking up yeah. there. I've been wanting to get Robin on a podcast for quite some time. Robin, just make sure you speak right into the mic sure. when you do. You can pull it closer to you, yeah. and you too, Christian. Um, how does that sound to you, Robin? Um, I particularly like what you just said about um, being sick and tired of career politicians. Um, In recent weeks I've spoken to a couple of those, um, so it's quite refreshing to uh, be sitting... Very easy to spot. We won't mention who. (laughs) It's quite refreshing to be sitting next to somebody who's um, uh, not, not someone who just wants to have a nice paycheck and... Um, say that they care about the Australian people but actually do. Yeah, of course. I've put my career on the line without anything on the line except, you know, to do what's right for not just myself but the Australian people. And, and I have three children. 
um, there's no way in hell they're going to take my kids' freedoms away and mm-hmm. um, we're going to fight for it. I think so many people out there that are even listening to us right now and I know just about everyone in this building tonight would strongly agree with you. Rebecca, you're so brave. I've watched you this evening as we've been setting up. You do, you've done everything yourself <laughs> and you're the only one over here. You're all on your own. Um, congratulations. I think it's Thank amazing you. that you're doing what you're doing. I don't think I could do it. Uh, so, yeah. I didn't see a choice. I felt the need to um, stand up. Uh, if I wasn't going to do it, who was going to do it? You can't, can't keep complaining and not put your um, body and face on the line. And that's right, isn't it? And um, in the freedom movement, and I would put myself in this basket, there are so many people like Christian and Robin here with us, and we're going to talk to you guys a lot more in just a moment, but... Uh, you know, we all received a calling, didn't we? Mm. That we desperately had to Absolutely. do something. Yeah, mate. And uh, look, I don't have children, but if I did, I'd probably be even more motivated than what I am now. And I don't know if that's possible. But one thing I certainly am cognizant of is that we have lost our freedoms and we're continuing to lose our freedoms. We've, we're about to enter into the age of digital identities. Yeah where every human soul on the planet's having every moment of their lives tracked, that is a very scary prospect. What would um, Maybe just shifting gears slightly, but on the same subject, what is your main focus if you are running and you're successful, you get in? Uh, sorry, what seat are you running for, I'm running way? in the Senate, so the whole of WA. Oh, oh fantastic. Yeah. Okay, so I hadn't actually gotten around to ask you that yet, That's had right. I? So we, um, everyone, we just met only a few minutes ago, actually. Well, maybe about half an hour ago or so. But um, wow. So what? what's your key focus? So the Australian Values Party, we have seven key uh, values. And they are actually taken off the Department of Foreign Affairs website and all Australian citizens, when they come to Australia, have to sign on to these values. Mm-hmm. The first one is to respect the freedom and dignity of the individual and that includes your right to bodily autonomy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and the government's not following their own values that they're making us sign and uh, it's about time they started, started behaving. So we do have the seven key values. Come onto our website, have a look at it. Um, they're values that every Australian can respect and yes. should live by. And then we have three key objectives, and that's to have a more enjoyable way of life because mm. governments should be there to make our lives easier, not harder. Yes, and in fact, step back out of our lives. Correct. We'd uh, really take like a step that. back, Thank a little you. less bureaucracy and a little more letting us go. We want, want a self-sustainable economy and a self-sufficient, sorry, self-sufficient and a self-sufficient security of our borders. Yes. Our party was founded by Heston Russell, who was a veteran, four tours of Afghanistan. I think, did I tell you that... He started the party um, after being in Canberra and seeing bad behaviour. I, you didn't tell me that, but uh-huh. you're um, saying all the things that he said in his interview that I watched oh, just really? the other night, yep. which is amazing. Obviously not everything, but some of the values that you were just talking about, I, I heard him talk about and that yep. and I was very interested. So, so we have yeah. a lot of policy around improving wellness and health for veterans because in the last 500 years... Uh, for the last 20 years, 500 veterans have committed suicide mm-hmm. to 42 in combat, and that's 12 times the number have mm-hmm. um, taken their own lives, and it's just not good enough. So a lot of no. our – we have mm, excuse me, strong policy right. around uh, supporting our veterans. 
Uh, and obviously myself in healthcare, I am very strong. I want to improve aged care. I've seen it go from bad to worse. We need nurse-patient ratios now. We didn't need a Royal Commission 12 months ago to tell us that and it's still not been implemented. Interesting, isn't it? There's no excuse. And Rebecca, um, and, and you guys please jump in. Uh, let's have a quick chat about, I don't know whether you want to or not, but the latest lot of Pfizer documents that have been dropped over the last couple of months. What, the ones they wanted hidden for 75 years? <laughs> Those exact ones. <laughs> Um, is there anything in particular about that you'd like to speak about? Because I could, I could start. <laughs> Look, the documents didn't tell me anything that I didn't think <coughs> we were going to see anyway. Isn't that interesting? I think all of us, do you guys agree, any person that's actually got their eyes open and have done any kind of research, we all knew this stuff a, a year and a half ago. And now that it's actually all coming out, it turns out that everything we knew was actually true. Well, I had a haematologist come and talk to me when uh, all this started and it was just a passing conversation on the ward and he said, I'm going to be a rich man in a few years' time because these vaccines are going to cause blood cancer. And I went, what? Oh, my God. And then I really had a good look into it and it's exactly what's happened. But what's happened in between that conversation and now is APRA silenced all of us health professionals. They sent us emails. They told us if we talked about it, we could be deregistered. And in fact, that's what they've been doing to people. So doctors and nurses, we have families to feed, all the rest. And most people um, either left quietly or are just towing the party line. And it's time we had accountability from APRA for silencing so many uh, health professionals. Rebecca, isn't it just shocking and disgusting that when we look around at the if you'd want to put it this way the leaders of our communities so doctors nurses police uh all of these people have jumped in and joined in on the collusion do you think i love to ask people this do you think that um there'll ever be any kind of justice do you think these people will ever be held to account for their Look, actions? I know a lot of these people and a lot of them don't necessarily read and see what we see. They're mostly um, not informed like we have informed ourselves. Mm. They don't all come from a bad place. Uh, doctors, they don't. No, and a lot of them don't know um, what what is happening and what they're doing can cause harm. What I would say is that if anybody agrees with a mandate, then um, that. They're um, not. They're not wanting to live in a democratic society. That's right. And of course, I don't have. I don't really need to mention it. But I know that there are so many people out there, those people that we're talking about, that they just don't understand that a mandate is not a law and a directive is not a law. Correct. Isn't it shocking? People just weren't well informed, and 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 easily silenced. And um, I. There was something in me that just said, you can't be quiet on this. You yes. have to speak up. And I had the discussion with my husband. We have three children. We have a mortgage. We have to feed our families and pay that as well. And I said to him, I can't sleep at night if I don't stand up and speak. I feel the same. How about you guys, Robin, Christian? I mean, Christian. The, the problem is you have the mainstream media running the whole show and they are bought by pharma or elites. And, or uh, by the government. So Mm. Yeah, nice whoever. Tax break yeah. I, I don't know, but um, goes down well. the point of uh, fact is, if this is your only source of information, then uh, you're brainwashed. Yeah, you, you, do, you don't have the information. You have what they want and you to know. You will obey to everything they say, and yeah. um, 
course, if you don't use any other sources, um, you don't get another thought in your brain. Correct. So you can't blame these people. Uh, and it's difficult, what we, I see, how we want to wake up people more and more. I've, I've tried this now probably 12 years to wake people up. Yeah. But all you get is, uh, you are a weird conspiracy theorist, but as you just mentioned before, conspiracy is coming true. Yeah. Well, isn't times, it interesting, yeah? though, that... Uh, you know, you get called a conspiracy theorist even when the conspiracy is slapping you in the face. Well, I was just going to say, circling back to the Pfizer documents, they're, they're released every month, isn't it? We get a... That's correct. ...a download of, um, every month and yet I don't see that on mainstream media. I don't see that being reported... No. In the newspaper, the, you know, 40 pages, Pink Panther always takes around and delivers the 40 pages of yeah. adverse reactions from, so we from ha- Pfizer. We have a media accountability policy and it was one of our first policies because oh, wow. the media have been behaving like this a really long time. And so we have a government and media accountability policy, but the media accountability policy is all about having um, stronger criteria to be able to be a journalist and work in the media because they have a huge responsibility and they're abusing it and they're not being accountable. You know what sickens me, and of course everyone who doesn't already know me, I'm the Bellman Report on Rumble and YouTube, so I'm well known for going out and doing interviews with people on the street, people who have mainly been affected and politicians like yourself. Um, that was does me being called a politician just now. <laughs> sorry, I... <laughs> I didn't want to insult you, Rebecca. I'm so sorry. Um, but you a know, leader. A leader. A leader. Thank a you. A brave, <laughs> a brave woman who's stood up for her children. I really respect that. But don't doesn't it just sicken you? It's it sure sickens me when I watch mainstream media. Actually, it sickens me to the point where I can't watch it anymore. But you watch these journalists pushing an opinion on the person they're interviewing. Well, look. I watched Joe Hildebrandt two years ago talking about how disgusting and selfish anti-vaxxers were, and I don't even like using a word, but that's what they used. Um, And then just the last four months writing things about, you know, how it's interesting that all these injuries are happening and and now he's flipping it because, you know, they realise that they're being caught up in this. It's just wrong. Well, let's take that one a a little bit of a a, a, a step backward to the um, Pfizer documents. Do you remember when mainstream media were just demonising expecting mothers for having concerns about how that jab might affect their newborn? Yeah, we're told not to have neurofen, but go ahead and have an experimental procedure. Yeah, and mainstream media literally demonised these women for months on end, and yet now we have the evidence from Pfizer themselves and they clearly state literally in their own words we don't know how it's going to affect the reproductive system mm-hmm. well we that also have crazy. i mean the, in their documents it says that there was neonatal death that there was uh, miscarriage so mm-hmm. all sorts of things in those documents but why is the health department not releasing the miscarriage figures for this year? Why aren't That's they, right. Why aren't they releasing uh, the heart attacks, the deaths? We should have an awareness of this. And the only state that was doing it was New South Wales, and now they're even stopped. You know, wh- I think that's something yeah. where after the votes, um, and let's hope a lot of freedom parties will come into the parliament, into the Senate, 
And I think that's one point where these parties should work on and uh, to release data, basically, you know, ask for we the data. We need transparency. And, and we can't move forward as a nation until we have transparency and accountability because we need to heal the harms that have happened and 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 the government needs to be held accountable and other corporations like APRA that govern Look, us. APRA, I, I think APRA needs to be dismantled. I don't know what the solution is. I'm just going to throw that out there. There but needs I to be a registering body that mm. is elected by the people they're registered by. So they should be elected by the people and they should be have a nurse, have a doctor, have a chiropractor, have all the people represented in that. And we need a registering body. Health professionals need to be held accountable too. But they don't need to be silenced. Yeah, and guess what? Now, I'll... I'll I'm going to say this straight out. I don't know whether it's the right thing to say or not, but um, my father was a doctor, a GP, and I, I mean, he recently passed away. He was, a, he's a, he was an old guy when he passed away, so it's all good, everybody. But um, he used to have to attend, I believe it was four uh, training sessions a year. It was a full weekend that you have to go to maintain your licence now, guess who pays for that training? This is for all doctors in Australia. Who do you think pays for those weekends? It'll be some sort Big of pharma. pharmaceutical company. It is. It is. Uh, compromise? I'm, when I found out about that, I was outraged. And we're going back quite a few years ago now. Mm. Uh, but I... Um, I bring that up often with people because I just don't think people understand where, w- how this has come about. Why is it that the doctors and the nurses and everybody else just literally went along with this? Well, they've been, you know, the pharmaceutical companies have been preparing them for a long time. There's a lot, lot of indoctrination, but I mean, honestly, I think there's a small portion that really believe that it's really good, and I think there's a moderate portion that just did it because they felt like they had to. Look, there's definitely a lot of good people in there, but I'll tell you about my experience with my own doctor. Um, I went in and I spoke to this lady and I said, uh, I need to get an exemption off you. She said, why is that? I said, oh, because I can't give informed consent. I love it. And she said, well, but you can't. Yeah, I can't do that for you. You have to take one. I I recommend that you take X, Y, or Z. And I said, hang on a minute. I've just told you that I can't give my informed consent. Now, if you can uh, answer some of the questions I, I have, maybe you can help me gain that informed consent. So we started into it. And everything she said, I counted her to the point where she was literally shaking. And I said to her, now, you need to fill that form out. She said, but there's no option for you. You can't do it. And I said, well, I think you better get on to the Services Australia people and have a good long conversation with them. You know what she said to me? That would mean that I'll be on the phone for three hours at a time. I can't afford that. Are you going to pay me for that time? And I said, excuse me? So you're willing to injure me um, because you don't feel as though it's your requ- there's a requirement on you to understand what you're actually doing. And... Um, I said, I'm going to report you to APRA. And she started shaking almost uncontrollably. And she said, you're going to destroy me. And I said, I know, because you're destroying me. Anyway, we, we left in an amicable position, amicable position. I, I, I didn't report her. And I said, don't worry, I won't report her. 
but you need to go home and have a good hard think about where you stand in this world because you're on the wrong side of history here. And uh, I haven't been back since. So now I'm, I'm left with this quandary about I quite liked that doctor. <laughs> <laughs> but I, can, I tell you what, um, I think now it's almost up to all of us to start finding some real doctors out there that understood the training that they received and they didn't just suddenly magically grow another brain no, with a different opinion. There are doctors out there. They are afraid to talk. Some brave ones have. Uh, a lot have left the country. Uh, yeah. And I just don't think some Australians really realise how bad uh, dire straits the healthcare system is in at the minute. Yep. Um, a friend of mine told me that there were 58 nurses short at one of the major public hospitals. Um, and that was one shift. 58 Wow, nurses, really? One shift. And that's and across know, the board. It's not one hospital that's happening in. But when the old Marky Mark McLean gets on TV and he starts explaining it with all kinds of other explanations as to why we're short... Well, apparently nurses left in October, according to the Western um, our Premier, because we were stressed. Well, I'm sorry, nurses have been overworked and stressed for many, many years. They have, and it's well recognised. Um, they didn't leave in October because of a mandate. Was that, is that correct? Like, is that what he doesn't realise? And uh, I don't think people realise how many nurses left because of that mandate. Look, um, everyone, Graham Hood's just been on stage here this evening and he will be joining me later on. But um, he said it himself that these people are uh, writing checks that their morality or their... Um, can't cash in. Can't, they're not going to be able to cash in. What's uh, How did he term it? Pretty much like you said. Conscience. So, he won't be able yeah, to. yeah. It's a very, very good way of putting it. Yeah. And um, I tell you what, I reckon Mark McGowan's got a damn lot to answer for. Uh, and uh, I really want to see him in jail. And I'm pretty sure I'm not outspoken. No, that's not going too far, really. No, I don't either. I actually think he's fairly delusional. And I think he thinks what he's done has been the right thing. Isn't it ironic that his child has ended up in hospital in a se- with a serious condition? <laughs> now, I don't wish that upon anyone. No, absolutely I not. I don't know no. if I actually believe that because... Up until that point in time, his uh, approval by the West Australian yeah, public so we're had told. Yes. diminished significantly. And I can't just help wonder if it's one of those uh, sort of tricks in his back pocket to induce Stockholm Syndrome in the West Australian public. Hey, hey here's one for you. Have you guys ever looked up the... Um, Biderman's Principles of Coercion. No. There's a psychologist who I believe has passed on now. I believe that this was written in uh, like the mid-50s, 1954 or something like that. Um, this guy was a psychologist. I believe he was American, but hey, don't sue me if I'm wrong. He went and studied all the coercive techniques used um, against prisoners of war. Oh, yeah, in I saw this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the, I believe it's 12 Steps. And when you read through it, some of it, you know, you need to reread. If you're not like a psychologist, you need to go and look a few things up, which I did. But if you read through it, we literally were taken through step one through to ten. And one of those steps, remember we weren't, we were, all of us unjab types weren't allowed to buy alcohol for a couple of weeks back there. <laughs> Too bad they forgot about the home delivery service. Boot service, uh, yeah. Thanks so much, Jimmy Brings. <laughs> I really appreciate you. <laughs> um, I owe you one. Um, but uh, <clears throat> that step was is in the vitamins, 
principles of coercion. So interesting. Mm. Um, it's a playbook for them, as exactly. is 1984, well, right? That's, that's what I, I often talk with people about, is if, if you think that this coronavirus and the mandates and the masks and all the rest of it is something that's just happened in the past two years and that they're doing it to protect us mm-hmm. and uh, reacting as best as they can in the public interest, um, you've got to be kidding me. They've been planning this for years and I would suggest decades. A hundred percent. We've been getting slowly uh, domesticated. Is that the right word for it? Indoctrinated. (laughs) Indoctrinated, domesticated, prepared for a long time. I worked through the swine flu in 2009. I was pregnant with my first son. Just speak into your mind, Sorry, I was a remote regional nurse. And um, there were more sick people around during swine flu and the government didn't behave like they did. In fact, they bought out a vaccine and I had it because I was told it was for my best interest and I wouldn't take it home to my newborn then. Mm-hmm. And next, the next week people start dying from it, so they stopped giving it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember that. It was, and there was only about, well, maybe I'm wrong, but I think there was about 30 people that died in a quick succession and that, that was the red light to stop. Is that right, or were there a lot more? Than I that? actually, I just, don't, I can't remember the numbers. I had a newborn at the time, and I was <coughs> working night shift in ED. But um, yeah, I know I, people died, and they had to stop giving it. Yeah. So why hasn't that happened now with COVID? Because you know, people have died from the vaccine. We're not the TGA, not hiding that. It's written there. Um, and if there's ever any chance that everyone should have a choice. Yeah, you know what? Um, I had some really bad news yesterday. Was it yesterday or the day before? My life's a little bit of a blur at the moment. But uh, I found out that my cousin's daughter, so my second cousin, 19 years old, has um, has got problems with her heart now. And my mother tells me that they think it's from the Pfizer. And I said, Mum, it's definitely from the Pfizer. It's yeah. terrible. It is. It's terrible. And this is, she's a gorgeous young girl. I haven't seen her for quite a few years, but I'm, it, it deeply saddens me. And the issue with that now is that they're now uh, abandoned by the health system and their government and they'll be shunned as anti-vaxxer conspiracy theorists because they now have an injury. That's right. I'll tell you, I'll, I'll just go on the record right now. I've had all the vaccines, but I haven't had the jab. And, of course, I haven't had a job since the 1st of December either. So we're all going slowly broke here. And I'm sure everyone listening is probably in the same boat. Correct. Um, Okay, let's move it along a little bit. Robin, um, you're with us. um, You've been with us and, uh, Christian, you have as well at many of the protests. Yes. Yes, pretty active. You are. That's why it's so great to have you here. Um, Tell me, where do you think we're at in Perth at the moment with um, the freedom movement? The freedom movement? Um, I'm very excited that so many people have now joined together for freedom and we are able to identify who is awake and who is part of our new family and our new tribe and working together. And it really is like a family, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I've um, I've lost a large proportion of my friends. They no longer talk to me. Mm, same. Um, so it's, it's very heartwarming to actually be around people I 
would never have come across before, but thank you, uh, illustrious Chairman Mal McGowan. I knew have, I now have a, a lovely new family, and we are all working so hard. And people like Rebecca sitting next to me, and Brent Fowler, every an everyday Australian are standing up and saying, "No, this is enough. We need people in government supporting." Everyday Australians, and right. I, I we really do. I, I commend and you. representing. So I, yeah, I'm yeah. very hopeful at this stage for the West Australian Freedom Movement. Yeah, and um, let's quickly talk about the uh, worldwide rally for freedom. It's coming up on the 14th of this month. Mm. It's very exciting. Everywhere I go, everyone's talking about it. I'm really, really wishing for a really big turnout. We need it desperately. Yeah, it's so Bill Forest Place again. It's let's fill Forest Place again. Yes, absolutely. I'm so excited about it. I love the protests. You know, I'm not actually a protester. I never have been. I think I went along to one many years ago, and I I can't remember exactly what it was. But I was right into photography. I thought it was a great opportunity to use the camera. So, um, and it turned out to be really interesting from the perspective of, for me, being just a regular person. I was like oh, this is what protests are about and that's what these people look like and now I'm one of them. (laughs) (laughs) We need the numbers, that's the point. We need the numbers. So Um, everybody who's listening, um, please get up off your sofas and come out. We we need every support, we need every man, every soul outside there. We really, really It's not over right now. We're standing, even if COVID would be over, there's so much more to fix in this country and... We need the numbers. Yeah, that's one of the things that concerns me at the moment is with um, removing some of the mandates and the mask rules that um, people are becoming a little complacent and thinking that um, they've won to some degree. Well, I'm afraid our fight is in its infancy. It really is. We're about to enter the age of the digital identity um, where every living soul on the planet is going to have every move of their daily lives tracked and traced and... To add more of a punch, which I think the government loves, we're heading into a cashless society as mm-hmm. well. One world government, one world religion. It's a scary prospect, yep. isn't it? I don't think, I, I mean, I, I bring this cashless society thing out with lots of people, not not you guys, obviously, not people that are already onto all this, but people don't understand that um, the government now has the, well, they will have the power to literally just shut down your life. Yeah. That's right. At, yeah. the f- at the flick of a switch. And let's look at what Justin Trudeau in Canada has just done where they started deleting people's bank accounts. Mm-hmm. Well, that's going to happen here too, folks. Well, when the financial crash, in, well, something was going on in Greece and they just took everybody's money from the bank Cyprus. accounts. Cyprus. Cyprus, what, Cyprus was it? what you do in Germany, it is what's going on um, roughly four, five years ago. You had to come new... Um, um, how you call it? Um, Just speaking in the mic, mate. Um, when you have the agreements with your bank, the the terms and terms, conditions. Terms, conditions. That's what yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, um, that's fine. Yeah, mate. and uh, they we had to sign complete new terms and uh, and uh, yes. conditions. 
The same thing happened not long ago right now. We got another post from a German bank and we have to sign again new terms and conditions. Well, I'm glad you... So I, and I don't read all the little prints, you know, that's no. hundreds of pages. But there's, uh, I know there's stuff in there where they get the rights to take your account, take your money. They do. And in Australia, the banks began setting that up for themselves a little over two years ago. In fact, it's probably three years ago now. And I can tell you how I know that because... Um, I'm one of the people who just deletes all their emails yeah, as well from a bank. Oh, don't need to know that. That's <laughs> another um, thing, conspiracy, if you want to call it. Um, the timelines are always the same, international. It's interesting. I just told we you talked four about that years recently, didn't and, we? And uh, you telling me now three years in Australia, so Australia is always a year behind. Um, <laughs> you know, the, the interesting but thing about yeah. that is that, um, as I just said, I always just go, oh, from the bank, delete. But something caught my eye and I ended up sitting there and reading this email and I thought, that doesn't sound good. And then there's a YouTube channel um, called For The People. I believe I think it's called For The People. Anyway, it's a couple of the um, economic commentators off the ABC. One, actually, I think they've both been sacked off the ABC now, but um, their show was all about this. And they had done the research and they laid it out. And as soon as I saw it online, I'm a bit of a person that spends a bit of time on YouTube, I saw this and I thought straight away I remembered the moment when I read that email and I'm like, that's what that email was about. And indeed, it's the banks setting themselves up, in other words, putting all of their customers in a position where if the need arises, Cyprus-style event they can literally shut down our bank accounts. Mm -hmm. We're already sitting ducks. Indeed. Scary, isn't it? Um, okay, guys, we're going to wrap this up very shortly, but just one last one. Uh, Christian, you're working on a little project on the side, aren't you? Well, Did you want to mention something I about started that? a journey to look into um, Australian law and where we're standing. So it's still an ongoing project. I told you a little bit about, and yeah, you're doing uh, your research. Small, we have a small group at the moment where we would try to work out a presentation. It's all not uh, secrets. Basically, if you're clever and you can look on, Go on um, YouTube and Google and stuff, you will find all of this. But what we want to do is wrap this whole thing up. To and of course, cross reference it makes yeah, sure. Yeah, cross reference, and it's uh, yeah. we want to do it. That's why it also takes a long time. We yes. want to make it bulletproof, so uh, we don't want to have any conspiracy in any uh, not right um, sources. We want to be transparent, give all the sources uh, to the people where we show it or present it, and yeah. So it starts basically with um, the old law, English law, starting yep. at twelve fifteen from the Magna Carta in England, mm -hmm. goes over roughly Bill of Rights, comes to the Australian Constitution Act in nineteen o one, and um, then all what happened afterwards. Yeah, yeah. And it's very interesting and sometimes frustrating. Uh, I am learning on a daily basis yeah. still each yeah. day. And, yeah, we want to show people where we're standing in Australia with the law. Mate, that's amazing. there's a lot of, lot of stuff well, I'll be hidden. interested to see what the Great Australian Party has to say that's tonight. That's correct. Because that says here, what is it, number 13, maintain inherited laws, e.g. Bill of Rights and Magna Carta. Yeah, it's a lot of uh, knowledge already out at these parties out there. And, um, yeah, but uh, it goes very deep and it's uh, sometimes also scary. And... Um, 
Uh, I, I'm not sure if this is going to happen tonight, everybody, but there is a, a, a little bit of a chance we're going to have a chat with Rod Cullerton a little later on. And that's going to be interesting. Maybe mm. we might have a chance for you to join in on that one as well. Oh. But uh, I pick up what I can. I'm, I'm going <laughs> so I said, to. It's a daily journey at the moment for me. More than likely, um, with the with the freedom parties, I'm probably going to be just having a chat with them. But um, certainly, if there's an available seat, maybe we can get you in on that. I don't know. Um, and actually, I don't even know if Rod's showing up yet. So yeah, he's I'm, here. I've seen is him. he mm-hmm. right? Okay. <laughs> Lovely. Okay, everyone, all of our listeners, we're going to take a quick break. I'm going to play a song and we'll be right back with another set of guests. Thank you so much. Thank you, Rebecca. Thank you you for joining me. Thank you, Robin. Thank you, Christian. Thank you, everybody else. Stand by and we'll be right back.
Okay, everyone, thank you for waiting. We're just getting our next lot of guests sitting down right now. We're getting ourselves organised. We'll be ready to go. Luke, pick a seat, mate. Anyone will do. <laughs> I didn't realise you were so precious, mate. No, I just want to make sure uh, Okay. Come on in, Kim. Thank you for joining me. Um, guys, just put your headsets on, um, get your mic in the position that you feel most comfortable. It's important that we speak directly into the microphone and I'll start introducing everyone. So let's turn this up. Martin, what are you doing trying to wreck my audio recording here? Thank you. Um, okay, everyone, thank you for holding online. It's great to see we've got 20 people online listening to us at the moment. We do also have two video streams going out, so there's competing medias at the moment. Um, for everyone who wants to watch that, you can go to the Max Freedom account on Instagram or the Scorpion Media account on Instagram. And, of course, I'd rather you stay here and listen to us. So, now I'm joined by Kim March. I got it right, Kim. Yes, you did. <laughs> and we'll talk all about your initiative in a minute. Uh, Luke Patterson. Luke, you run the um, Perth Rally Calendar. Correct. Which is an amazing information source for all of the freedom fighters around Western Australia. And, of course, we have the infamous Pink Panther. And <laughs> he's sitting there laughing and closing his eyes. Everyone, we are also recording this, so it's going to be an interesting watch later on. Um, hello, Martin. How are you? How are you doing? How are you doing, Andy? You're all, all choked up, mate. Yeah, all good. Don't be, uh, don't be scared. It's okay. I'm good. Okay. Fine. So, let's start with you, Kim. Mm -hmm. I've been wanting to... Um, film an interview with you of course everyone i'm from the bellman report so please go like share and subscribe rumble mainly i'm trying to build rumble up youtube's deleting me already um kim your initiative uh, manthepoles.com how's that going it's going great yeah it's going just pull your mic a little bit towards you and just speak directly into the mic okay so is that better that's a little bit, but a bit closer if you don't mind. All right. Thank you very much. So, yeah, so uh, how many people have signed up already? I couldn't tell you actually because um, once they come in, they get allocated to a coordinator in their electorate. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, and, but I yeah. believe you've already had quite a few. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Lovely. Now, but we need a heck of a lot more. Yeah, so let's tell everyone what, what is Man the Polls. So Man the Polls is about... Uh, exactly that. We've got 722 uh, polling booths mm -hmm. in um, Western Australia. Mm -hmm. um, we need two people morning, two people in the afternoon. Wow, so as we're, a talking minimum. we're talking lots of people. Yeah, we're talking at least 3,000 people to hand out the minor how to vote cards. Mm -hmm. right? we, we know we're going to have Liberal Labor there, Greens, Nationals, they, you know, they get their paid up people to, to, man their, to man the polls. But the minor parties... We need, we've got to rely on, on volunteers. Yeah, and it's a it's an extremely important cause. Of course, oh, I, don't, I don't think it's I need huge. to say this. This is the, one of the most important elections we've ever seen in Australia. In fact, I think it's fair to say the oh, most absolutely. important. Absolutely. We've just had, with our last sort of guests, we were just talking about the digital identity and all those scary kinds yeah. of things. So yeah. this is extremely important. Our government is running away with our freedoms um, and laughing all the way to the bank, I guess. Yeah. I don't know if that's yeah. the right way of putting it. but um, Exactly. So we've got to prevent that from happening and get, you know, freedom parties in as much as we can. And Yeah. Adrian McRae from Gap just walking in on our podcast there. Um, 
Adrian, you'll be up next, mate. Uh, so, um, anything else you need everyone to know about your initiative? Um, they can also, uh, if they want a scrutiny, the scrutineers handbook is on the on the uh, website. Um, and I mean, that's the really. I mean, it's not the really important, but it's equally important, right? Well, if they, if they, if people are coming to the booth and they're just walking in with Liberal and Labor, then that's the only opportunity they've got, right? Mm. So if we don't hand them a GAPS or a Australian <coughs> Federation Party or yeah, something other, the they're, they're not, they're not going to know how to vote on those particular parties. So it's extremely mm. important that uh, we have volunteers. Now, I know the rallies have been great. We've, got, we've had 50,000 at one rally. If we can't raise 4,000 people to come to man the polls for a, a morning or an afternoon, there's something terribly wrong. There really is, isn't there? Mm. So, everyone, if you're listening and you hear this right now and you know somebody who you think might be a good person for that task, please go to manthepolls.com. That's it. Lovely. And you just fill out the form. It's really easy. I was yep. looking at it today, actually. I was about to give you a call today and I thought, hang on a minute, Andrew, you're way too busy today to do that. <laughs> Actually, it might have been yesterday. I was feeling the same way yesterday as well, which is why I missed Luke's protest out front of the magistrate's court here in Perth. Luke, I'm, I'm going to say it publicly, mate. I'm so sorry I wasn't there. I feel really bad. You fellas were both sorely missed. Oh, Martin, did you make that mistake as well? Well, I had a breakdown south, which was badly needed to recover, you know. I've been doing what I've been doing for the last four or more, four or five months solid, and I was kind of, to be honest with you, yes, mate. whacked. So I needed a few days break, so that's yeah. where I was. Yeah. And was it good? It was, yes. Celebrated Kelly's birthday with Andrea, Julie Wildman, and a lot more family, and oh, wow. the lovely animals and horses in the paddock. And I, I know look. I spoke to you what could, because you missed my podcast, you bugger. Well, we'll, we'll work. We didn't have much late. internet down there, and you were a bit cheeky. It was seven o'clock in the morning, <laughs> right, <you know? laughs> mate. Come on, it was eight o'clock in the morning. I wouldn't do seven to you. Um, so, Luke, let's quickly talk about your your protest yesterday. What was it about? Yeah, I've so seen a photograph. Yeah, so on um, it was Monday, I think. Yeah, on Monday we went down to the magistrates' court on Hay Street. And the reason we went there is because the mandates don't appear to be over. Um, in terms of the magistrates' court, they're still only allowing people who are listed for court into the building, which means if you're 18 and you get yourself in a bit of bother, mum and dad aren't going to be able to come in and give you moral support. Or if, um, you know, if you're a freedom fighter and you get unfairly arrested your mm -hmm. wife's not going to cut, and we, we all, all of us around this table know somebody who's being affected by that. Mm -hmm. um, so you've got the support aspect. But you've also got the democratic issue of justice being done in the dark because we can't get in there and, in there and see what's going on. So uh, it came about, first started in January, that um, the magistrate, the Chief Magistrate Stephen Heath closed the courts and um, he's just released a new notice to say that those rules are staying in place. Now, I, I actually uh, went in there in, I think it was February, that Ian Strover, where we did our podcast at the weekend in yes. at 6030. He, yes. He, uh, he had court business to attend to, and I tried going there to, um, support. to support him and was started emptying my pockets into the trays, getting ready to go through the scanner, and they, they stopped me and said no. Pointed us at the signs, which were all over, all over the front of the court and on the tables. And this notice is talking about public health, uh, public health direction, 
court and tribunals, mm. which covers judges, lawyers, security, admin. Mm. Mm-hmm. It doesn't cover the public. Public are not mentioned in that order. So when I pointed this out to the security, they didn't care. They just wanted me to get out. Kind of dug my heels in, ended up speaking to the, opera- uh, the court operations manager there. Said, look, I know he's your boss, the chief magistrate's your boss, but unless he's got lawful authority to close the court, which on your notice, he's pointing to a document that doesn't cover us, I need to be let in. Anyway, she fobbed me off, came back again a couple of days later, said, hey, you haven't emailed me what you said you were going to email me. In the end, she's uh, claiming that it's the Magistrates' Court Act 2004. um, Lies. Yeah, lies, lies. lies. So the people have no access to the judiciary system Another horrifying state of affairs here in WA. Mm. Right, I've spoken yeah. to um, Andrea Takoji and um, Augusto and they're both horrified by it as well. But um, the upshot of that protest that we did on Monday was that they wouldn't take our complaints in person and that it has to be in writing. So if anyone out there who's listening has got a pen and paper, it's perthmagistratescourt.gov. I think it's .au. Yeah. Yeah. So um, if you go anyway, if you Google it and go onto the magistrate, it's on there. It's just the main um, the main email address for the magistrates' court. Please send in a letter and say that you um, you want the court open because that's the only way they're going to take it seriously. Yeah, and look, I'd like to just throw in there for the listeners: we are going to have Andrea on on the podcast a lot later on this evening, probably towards the end of the stream, which is, I mean, we've got a few hours to go. Don't know how I'm going to cope without having a drink during that time. But anyway, we'll get there. Um, so everyone, please stay tuned for that. Thanks, mate. Um, Martin, you're quite a figure around Perth. And um, you're a brave man. Has, has led lots and lots of people over to Dumas House many times, over to Parliament House many times. The zoo. The zoo. Pop-up clinic protests. They were eventful. Saw a couple of arrests there um, and really everything else in between. Channel 7, we've been over to Channel 7 a few times, haven't we? Yeah, ABC, Channel 9, Western Australia newspaper, <laughs> can I carry on? The Department of Health, the Department of Education. Oh yeah, <laughs> right, don't you remind me, yeah. Haven't we all, we've all, actually all of us were at yeah. all of those events. Pfizer Lab. Pfizer Lab the other day, that Pfizer was fun. Yeah. The old, the actually, for everyone listening, the factory here in Bentley, WA, that was about to be shut down, but, oh, it's been repurposed for the jab. Wow. You hadn't heard that one, Kim? No, I hadn't. State of affairs is pretty grim over mm, here. Very grim. Yeah, um, honestly, I mean, we yeah. did uh, WA University, which we, was... We did, we did curtain. It was just quite shocking to see the flipping kids there, sadly, so... Laughing at laughing at us, yeah, mm. and it just shocked me to see how the youth of our youth, up and coming youth, in a so-called where all the brainy people go, were like, yeah, I that, yeah. Oh, supposed to be intelligent, mm. and here I am, as I do say to people to inspire them. I left Ireland at sixteen, a complete school dropout loser, and here I am flipping, <laughs> knowing all I know, and they're One meant the to know. <laughs> They're meant to pursue intelligent going to a university that's supposed to be intelligent young people are going to go and they can't think outside the box to even do a bit of research. Yeah, they're not, they're not teaching them critical thinking in there. And uh-huh. I was about to mention that. Isn't yeah. critical thinking the basis of intelligence, though? 
I think so. Absolutely. But it's Would not it be, taught in school. Yeah. Um, and it's sad because I found from from looking looking at university last week, that's where, where they work themselves up to be politicians, where that's where the politicians go right down to the university, right down to school and completely brainwash the poor kids. Mm. And I, don't, I, I honestly don't blame the kids. No. It, the brainwashing is put into them, unfortunately. And uh, they, they look up to their, their teachers and their, spear, and their peers as if they're telling them the truth. Who's, who have never left the system, by the way. No. Um, look, it's an important point, Luke. Sorry, I'll, I'll, I'll just jump in there. Um, look, my family have all been jabbed. And, I mean, I still love my family. I love my mother. But, gosh, she's, she has succumbed to the fear. The fear campaign, and of course everyone who's listening would be familiar with the extraordinary tax exemptions that we've seen um, the governments here in Western Australia, $41 million given to mainstream media in tax exemptions. Do you think there's some collusion going on there? Oh, no, not really. Oh, no. (laughs) No. Gosh. Not even for the children. Kim, mm. remember we talked about yeah. that over the education department that day? That was eventful, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Luke was there and I know Martin was there. We were all there. I That's mean, like, why would they not see us? Why would they keep the doors locked and have security guys on the doors and totally, receive, totally refuse to, to take the papers? Uh, mate, why would they stand back in, in, in groups flipping us the bird? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Shocking, isn't it? Was. It was. Fat on the fat on the public purse. I mean, even uh, the unbelievable. Yeah, while we're paying their yeah, their, that's, their, that's exactly yeah. right. And, and we're being um, met with such disdain. Yeah, yeah, we are the people. Yeah, and even even inside on the first floor, this particular guy caught on camera, thanks to you and Scotty, giving mm-hmm. us the finger. Yeah. Yeah, um, unfortunately, I'll be honest, my, my clip, I did try to film it, but it didn't really come out, and I was so yeah. sad about it. I that have to say a fair play to the policeman at the Department of Education that day. Well, they ac- were amazing, weren't yes, they? Yes, I, I actually was told later on that someone overheard the policeman say to that security guy, you should really take those papers because you're the one that's causing the friction here because this man is just, like I pointed out, I'm not, hand- I'm not handing you a gun, I'm just mm. handing you papers. Mm. So what's the problem in taking mm. them? And the policeman was very nice because I heard afterwards that he had kindly had a word in that guy's ears. That man is right in what he said to you. He's only handing you papers. Mm. And what's your problem with taking them? Hey, let's mention the police just quickly. Oh, absolutely, because I, I really want to commend them because I've been yes. told, because I've actually made a lot of friends out of the police with my, <laughs> with my gobbing off, that a um, hundred of those policemen... And I have to commend them. In the last six weeks, it's gone to six weeks now, but they have resigned. There's a hundred oh, people fantastic. resigned. Yeah, a hundred police have resigned. I know it to be a fact. Plus, hold on, plus yeah. 25% of those unfortunate police guys are at home sick from what they've been forced to take. Now, hold on a second. Last week at the university, I mm. had a great chit-chat with four cops. Yes, they actually I saw came, you. Yeah. Mm. First of all, they came for Neil at the steps and he bluffed them off and the four of them came straight for me. <laughs> you do stand out a little bit, Martin. <laughs> I, it was a, it was I a great no opportunity. <laughs> Martin's sitting here in his pink shirt and his pink hat. Well, uh, look, I've been told because we don't wear the clothes that we don't recognise who we wear. So oh. so, so, so <laughs> oh, always so, recognise you. So it was, it was kind of funny but kind of good. Like I, It was me minding my own business, sitting down, having a break and... 
with me along black coffee there just pretending I was nobody and uh, obviously they came over to me and actually I had my name badge on from the umbrella group but I had it covered mm. I said hi Martin <laughs> I'm going okay hi. hiya Let's be honest, you're on all their records. Yeah, no. yeah, we all are, aren't as we? If, yeah, probably. If, to be honest with you, as if I care anymore, you know. Unfortunately, yeah. I don't have a lovely woman in my life and I don't have any lovely children. They're all in heaven for what's happened in my past. So literally, I'm kind of standing up for my lovely nieces and nephews in Ireland and New Zealand and, to be honest with you, for everybody else. Cause That's right. So I don't really care anymore. I mean, if they put, want to put pink handcuffs on me, go let them go for it. If I want to put a bullet in my head, let them go for it. And I'm, I'm standing up for everybody around this table and everybody in Perth, which I came to a lovely country nearly 11 years ago now since September. Martin, I've really got to just jump in on that one because I'm the same as you, mate. I don't have any children and I'm currently single. I have been for quite a long time now. But um, I was just simply compelled to fight for my fellow man um, I have lots of lovely friends all around the world mm-hmm. and I know most of them have taken the shot yeah. um, but I just I just knew so deeply that it was so wrong, wrong. Yeah. yeah, you were like that N- let's talk about who we were before this <laughs> were if I had said to you, Kim, <laughs> yeah. a year ago, you're going to be the coordinator for Australia One, <laughs> which I know you've retired from that now, yeah. with tens of thousands of people under you, we've got a very strong uh, uh, community community in A1 here yeah. in Western Australia. Would you have ever? Would you have laughed at me? Yeah. I tell you what, I you, everyone knows what I'm, I'm. I'm out there with the camera talking to people on camera, you, I never, ever would have dreamed of ever doing that. Yeah. I, I th- I it's think just what felt right. Absolutely. And I think yeah. um, throughout this, all of us, you know, we've seen it. this whole thing become where we've seen the best in people mm-hmm. and the worst. Mm-hmm. And um, we've had the people that are, that's become the best, they've risen to, you know, to phenomenal heights of... Um, yeah, just really good people that we're seeing. Mm. It's just it's just fabulous. Um, Do you know the, the thing that I find really interesting when I sit back uh, in the evening and think about the day that I've just had? Um, if this was, say, a year ago or even just a year and a half ago, um, I reckon I would have been shitting myself with everything that's happening right now. But I've never, ever since this occurred, I've never felt nervous... Yeah. Me either. What about you guys? Luke, who were you, what were you, Luke, yeah. I know we, you know, tell, tell me about your background, mate. Well, I was happily working away on a three-in-one building a new mine for Rio Tinto. Mm. And, um, on the construction cruise. Yeah, yeah, we were building a new screen house, which is a giant sieve, mm. and um, been doing that for 15 months, and I was looking forward to getting it finished, because I'd been there from the start of the job, and it was my first position as a leading hand, so I'd been promoted. Great. And I was looking forward to getting to the end end of the job and probably having a break after that. And before this, never been to a protest in my life. Mm-hmm. Before this, uninterested in politics altogether. Why? I, I just could tell that I was hearing lies, so I stopped listening to it. Um, now, my daily end for the next three weeks will be um, doing what I can to make sure that in this federal election, we take as much power off... Liberals and Labour. Basically, that's it. For mm. me, for three weeks, that's my main goal. Um, but, yeah, never done that before. 
Um, yeah. So we're, I think we're all in very, our day to day, very different from what it was before. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, man. You know what? I'm going broke rapidly, <laughs> but, but geez, I'm having a good time. And my car's and, falling and apart near all the driving I'm doing every day of the week. <laughs> Martin, let's talk about you. What were you doing before this occurred? Well, I'm a former carpenter. I have been for the last 30 years. And uh, before that, I'm a qualified bacon confectioner. I can't believe it. I've, I never knew that about you. Yeah, we haven't had this conversation. It's got the case. 16, 16 years of age to 19 years of age in Hendon really? College in England, yeah. How come you're not I'll baking put cakes? Yeah, I'll put the coffee on. I hear women talking <laughs> yeah, about his buns all the time. Oh, he's a, but here's oh, a good one for you. I can bake dough and make dough. I'll put that oh. one for you. <laughs> Is this our radar? Oh. Martin, you're such a sweetheart. <laughs> um, what a funny conversation. So we, we're all people who have found ourselves in very, very unique situations. Mm. Where to next, do you think? Because I think this is just the beginning. Oh, it's absolutely the beginning, yeah. Well, um, I, I, I'll, have to say, I, I'll have to say with passion, and it's a passion of mine. I'm, I'm mm. screaming from inside, especially from the country I come from. And what my ancestors and grandsisters and I came from as well with all the guns and bombs and trouble. Mm. That uh, look, I'm not a fortune teller, but I say it many times to people to flip and get you, stand up, wake up, and come out and support us. But I can see what's coming because of where I've been from. And I seriously, I'm passionately very annoyed that a lot of people who are taking this for granted and not caring as much as. The people on this table are and caring, and a lot more of us, that they're not coming out and sacrificing a half day off work or a day off once a month, yep. and come out and show some people power, because as we've all seen around the world, yeah, people power can do will do a lot of damage, and unfortunately, it can make a lot of noise. <coughs> Here in Western Australia, we just don't seem to have the numbers, do we? No, we're, so, we're so isolated, and it's kind of true what Mark McGowan saying, you know, oh, people in Perth, Australia, we're we're very compliant, you know, we're very compliant. Mm. And he's right. Yeah, oh, he, he is right. right. He is yeah. right. And I'm just praying to God, and I'll be doing my damnedest from tomorrow onwards at five o'clock in the morning for the next over a week, mm. doing the banners with the boys on the bridges, like I did with Peacemakers for a while. And I'll be joining you. Good man. Thank things. you very much. And I hope we can get a f- more people because it's such great free advertisement to help people come along. So, look, it's a bit tiring, but I really don't care. I- I'll be doing my best. Is that for the 14th? Moment? Yeah. For the 14, getting yep. all the banners on the bridge. We're going into the sheds tomorrow, painting them all up and getting them ready. Wow. Where are the uh, sheds? Yeah, okay. We'll, I'll, I'll catch up with you about that a little bit later on, mate. Um, okay, everyone, we're, we're at, our, at the end of our time slot. We're trying to fit in a lot of people tonight. One last time around, Kim, how do people make contact with you? Or did you want to just quickly mention your yeah, website sure. again? Yeah, sure, com. Mm-hmm. Um, if they've just got a query, man the polls at protonmail.com. But yeah, we need Wonderful. people power, just like you say, Martin. Yeah. Everyone, please come out and support. The Millions March this fo- uh, in 14th. 14th, the 14th. May. 12 o'clock, Forest Place. Okay, 10 days' time. Yeah. I'm yeah. so excited already. Everyone, tell everyone you know, please. Luke. Uh, Perth Rally Calendar. On Telegram, make sure you spell calendar right because I didn't know how to spell it before I set it up. <laughs> um, God or, bless you, mate. Or uh, look me up, Luke Patterson, on Facebook and, and let, drop me a message saying you want to jo- join the um, Google Calendar. Everything's on there. And um, 
yeah, have a look on Australian Federation Party's website and have a look at our policies and make your vote count. Yeah, Luke, you're a real doer in the Australian Fed Party, mate. Thank you for everything you're doing. And, of course, you're not just a doer there. You're, doing, uh, you're, you're supporting everyone you can. I do everywhere, mate. You do. You're a fantastic bloke, mate. Martin, how do people make contact with you if they would like to Oh, well, obviously I'm, I'm obviously on Facebook and... Uh, Is it the Pink Panther on Facebook? <laughs> No, well, Scotty came up with that. Scotty from Scotty Media, Media is yeah. obviously my friend, and you are with the cameras. And he came up with that name. It certainly wasn't me. Yeah, you can't I'm not really. I'm it. not really one for the limelight. But I just thought. I just. I mean, it was Mark McGowan that made me so angry when he decided to say a healthy people shouldn't go to the gym anymore. Yep. Which, for my mental health, is very important, and I've not been able to do that for the last few months. And then when Monica interviewed me at Forest. Forest Place back in November. Fem- Monica? Monica who? I don't know her last name, unfortunately, from Channel 7. Oh, okay. Yeah. We're talking mainstream media now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, so what's the point in interviewing me? I said, I don't mind, but I said, you won't show it. So what's the point in wasting your time, my time? So she kept teasing me. I thought, you know, I'm going to prove a point here. I'm going to prove you, prove mm. myself right. So I went for it, and I, I, as I do call it, I vomited all over the information I knew. Yes. So got home, made sure I watched the 6 o'clock news. Oh, my freaking face came up all over and I cringed. Oh. But <laughs> <laughs> I think I saw that actually. Yeah. Yeah. Two words. Two words. Two words. Bet the, the most negative two words. Exactly. exactly. So when I saw that, I got really, I won't say angry, angry, but passionate and angry. I, you know, so that got, that got, the, motivation. got the motivation up to say, I don't want to get back at you buggers. So I remember chatting to this man across the table and what he's thinking when we do it Friday and uh, thanks to Luke here, we thought we'd leave it for another Friday and to my shock and horror, with another lovely day doing a flyer and getting it out there, a hundred people turned up at Channel 7 that Friday when we did it and it was fantastic. Wow. Thanks to yourself, Scotty and Richie. Mm, thank you. And another guy. We <coughs> actually, just by the skin of my teeth, unfortunately, Channel 7 lady came out with the camera and unfortunately some particular guy, we won't mention, spoiled it. But we mm-hmm. nearly had a, an interview. But, uh, I mean, fair play to the people for coming up. And then obviously, I mean, I didn't, wasn't going to do any more, was it? Well, I just wanted to get back at them and to do what we did there. But obviously the followers and my friends who are my friends now encouraged me, come on, why not do it again or do the rest of them? So... We followed on, as you know, to ABC, Channel 9, Western Australian newspaper, and we just went a bit crazy for the last four months. So, Isn't it funny, with, uh, going back to who we were before this, we're also now um, so accustomed to dealing with the police. <laughs> I've become, uh, to me, to stick a camera in a policeman's face is a very uh-huh. normal event on, on a daily t- basis. I, I, I've I have had to t- visit me daily for 24 days. Uh, and one wh- day it was four times. Wow. Yeah. I wow. have to tell you, funny, I mean, I'm a, I, I turn the corner at half five in the morning to go on the anxiety thing. And as soon as they come around the corner, she goes to me, one of the policewomen goes to me, Oh, morning, Martin. This is barely early for you, isn't it? I'm thinking, holy shit. I've got a reputation. She knows what undies you're wearing, mate. Oh, they've got you on they surveillance. They know everything about yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. I'd say they've got records on And then when they come up to university, like saying my name's to radio, and he, he made sure he said it a few times. I'm going to myself, you really seriously think I'm afraid of you because you're calling me by my name? I said, that, 
my few days are gone. Well, look, we've only really had, um, I mean, apart from Langley Park, um, we'll talk about that event at some point this evening, everybody, but that uh, we've really only had a handful of bad cops. Most yeah, of them are fantastic. From what I've been told inside, the ones on the bikes, which I know because they've come up to me personally, like us. The ones yeah, on the cars, yeah. don't. Yeah. So whatever the issue there, because we're mucking up the roads and they want the roads blah, 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 uh, clean, blah, clean. Blah, 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 they blah. don't want us on it, you know? So. Yeah. Can I say okay. one last thing? One last thing, mate, and we'll wrap it up. We'll put a song on and change over. Yeah. Like and subscribe to 8 News and the Bellman Report. Oh, thank you so much, mate. I really appreciate Good man, that. Luke. Good man, and if anyone man. wants to have a look at some of the interactions I've had with police, there's a couple of beauties there. And also, guys, <laughs> I can't shout this enough for the 14th of May, 12 o'clock in Forest Place. Please come out in your thousands. The political people need you. We need you to get the voice across because it ain't for me at my age going the other way. We have lovely, ch- I have some lovely nieces and nephews in New Zealand and Ireland I love dearly and I'm sure every, the people beside me on this table have and mm-hmm. as far as I'm concerned, I'm doing it for them and we're all, I'd hopefully like to think we're all at the same age, we're all doing it for the lovely kids we, are, we have mate. in Perth and around we the world. So, Alright everyone, thank you very much. That's Martin Howley, if you want to make contact with him on Facebook. Thank you, Martin. Thank you, Luke and Kim. Thank you so much. Cheers, for buddy. Thanks, Andrew. Thanks. Thank you. We'll be back right uh, in just a few minutes, everybody. Thank you for staying with us. And we're back, everybody. Um, well, I'm very, very excited to be joined by Dave, Deb and Jay. Did I get that right? Yes. Um, the organisers of tonight's event. And it's been so successful already. I think that um, right from the moment it kicked off, uh, I don't know if you noticed I was running around with a camera. I hope that's all right, mate. Oh, no, I didn't. Nah, no, I didn't. good. All yeah. good. Um, and uh, I was... So excited right from the beginning because it's it, there's so many people here. We've, we've, we've got 400 here, eh? Just over 400. Just over 400. And, um, of course, we've got some amazing speakers. Andrea Takarov is... Um, Takaji. Takaji, Sorry. yeah. Sorry. God, where did I get that from? <laughs> um, who knows how my brain works. But uh, um, And she's such an amazing speaker. And, mate, you gave a fantastic speech as well. Thank you. You really did rev everyone up. You revved me right up. Good. And uh, I think I almost shed a tear when Hoodie was on stage talking about um, – flying people home from Bali after the Bali bombing and things like that. It was an amazing speech. He's such a good speaker. Yes. Um, it really moved me. Now, where do we want to start? Because I, I'd just like to point out straight away that, um, Dave, you represent the WA Building Alliance. Is that correct? WA Building Industry Alliance, yes. Fantastic. Did I leave out industry? I'm sorry. Yeah. And um, we've also got the WA Conscious Businesses. That's the one. With you two ladies, um, I am. I think that this. Oh, sorry. I know you're just helping out, aren't you? But we love having you here. Thank 
Thank so you. So don't, don't feel left out. Um, uh, Hang on, she's been the best timekeeper you could ever exactly. have. Thank you. You're I'm doing loving my role. Job. You're doing an amazing job. And everyone, Jay might need to step out quickly because she is the timekeeper for this evening and she's got that uh, clock right there in front of her. She's been awesome. <laughs> she's been fantastic. She's on to it, well and truly. <laughs> Thank you. Um, Deb, tell me all about WA Conscious Businesses. So WA Conscious Businesses um, came from Paul Richardson who was doing some – he did up some paperwork to help some of his family members and friends um, to deal with the mandates that were, had been placed upon them for their workplace. The mandates that have been um, put in place by our state – Our illustrious, illustrious Premier. state Premier. Mm. Um, Hitler. Yeah, hit, well, I, yeah, a bit conscious that he's, you know, going to take me to court if I call him a name because, oh. you know, it's a bit childish. But I just got in trouble for saying Marky Mark McLean <laughs> <laughs> from a very dear friend of mine sent me a text message. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, Rosie. I know you're listening. Um. Well, state controller. I think I called him in my in my in intro. Mm. Um, so, by putting these mandates onto um, the workplace, they've still got to comply with Oc Health and Safety. Mm. So, Paul identified that he's mm-hmm. got a long history in Oc Health and Safety. So, um, the paperwork and the work that we're doing is helping people work through that and helping businesses put what they need to put in place to protect themselves and their businesses with risk assessments. Um, You know, the risk assessments, we can pretty much risk assess out needing to wear masks and do all that sort of stuff. So it's really important to make sure that they've got some reasonable excuse around... Deb, I'm so glad you raised the the risk assessment thing because um, I guess like a lot of people are affected like we have been. Mm. One of the first things I did was started to read the legislation. Don't need to say what legislation everyone knows. They don't want you doing that. They (laughs) don't want you doing that. And... um, do you know that was a big question I had for my managers? I was a fly in, fly out worker. Um, no risk assessment whatsoever conducted. It no. was just the government says so. And I said to them, but a mandate is not a law and a directive is not a law. You guys are out of order. Mm. Well, sorry about that. We've done what we need to do. Yeah. Mm. No. It, it, it incenses me. Mm. Uh, Dave, let's talk about the WA Building Industry Alliance. Yeah, so we found out in November that uh, come in December, they were going to start to bring out these mandates in the building industry. Mm. And um, and because of what we knew with Paul and WA um, Conscious Businesses, we wanted to um, uh, put together a, a bunch of risk assessments, um, get builders protected from these uh, unlawful mandates and directors, which mm-hmm. are not law, they're just made up rules, okay? Mm. And, government uh, says so. Yeah, yeah. Oh, big government says jump off a cliff, you're going to jump off a cliff, well I ain't. It's a state of emergency and therefore you must take the untested medical procedure. Well, mm. That breaches never the constitution. Exactly, and that mm. was never going to happen. Breaches many things. Yeah. Nuremberg Code of 4547, yep. Biosecurities Act of 2015. You, you don't need to look too far, like, do you? No. They were way out of their jurisdiction. Mm. So uh, anyway, so we got together and we, we felt that we needed to create a telegram page that was going to be able to get our message out to builders and say, you don't have to do this, you don't have to force your staff, you don't have to force your subbies, you don't have to force your suppliers to go and um, force their people to have jabs so that they could um, supply to us in the building industry. 
So uh, a couple of us builders got together, created the Telegram page, went to a seminar and we basically at a Nandri Takaji seminar and a Wayne Glue seminar basically said we're going to create our own community, we're going to pr- create our own protection for our industry and uh, we're going to make sure that we can show the builders and the subbies what to do so that they wouldn't get fined come January 1. And, mm. uh, you know, it, it went against the grains of the whole building industry and there were some big builders out there that were big on forcing their people to have the jabs and uh, we created a, an avenue for people not to do that. And what happened is a lot of builders got on board um, and a lot of subbies got on board and come January 1 where we thought, oh, these guys aren't going to have a job, well, guess what? They all found builders that they could work for that wow. weren't forcing them to have the bloody jab. And when the builders that were forcing, yep. where are they at now? Oh, they're still there forcing. And the problem is... Haven't learned a thing. They, they don't care. They don't no. care about people. See, I no. suppose where Very we naughty. come from, we're, we're people. Yeah. We're about the people, you know. So yeah. we were protecting, you know, the, the, the people in our industry, in our building industry. And I'd been working closely with the master builders and letting them know what was coming, what was going to happen. And, uh, you know, because of that, we were able to, through our alliance, and show them what we were doing and actually prove to them mm. that these mandates and directors... Um, would go against the occupational health and safety of the actual employers and the employees and their staff and uh, they woke up. They started to realise that this is de- detrimental to our industry and uh, a lot of builders would lose a lot of trades and uh, that's what's happened. So with our alliance and um, you know the, the work that Paul and Deb have been doing, um, we just managed to grow this to a point where we then started working even closer with the master builders and they were pushing back on the government. They pushed back on the government when yes. the government said they didn't want to... Well, when they said they were going to open the borders on February 5th and they didn't, master builders out there a week later going against them in the media, the only ones that were doing it. it and then wonderful. four weeks ago, they came out again basically saying they wanted all the mandates dropped in the industry. So we've been working very closely with um, uh, the Master Builder Association... WA Conscious Businesses, and uh, we've been providing a lot of work for subbies in the industry and builders. And Dave, before we get off this subject, yep. where are all the other industries? I know you guys have done lots. Of, I've seen you speak at the rallies and yep. all that, but what, what's going on here? I mean, where's the mining industry? I come from a company who says, and I won't mention the name, but they say our employees are our most important asset. Well, they're just a Can corporation. <laughs> Yeah. Bullshit. Bullshit. Yeah. 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 I call bull- I've worked in mining too and the whole um, safety comes first is actually bullshit. You That's know what it is? I've been telling people this for years. It's covering their ass. It is. They actually well, don't care. That's what you get taught in mining. Propaganda, is to propaganda, propaganda. Yeah. You get yeah. taught to cover your ass. You know, tick yeah. the boxes, dot the, you know, cross the T's and dot the I's. But they, the mining, ind- what we've got to remember is that the mining industry is paid by the government. The mm. Future Fund, the which is the investment yeah, is the yeah. investment fund of the government, they fund a lot into mining. Mm-hmm. Yep. Bill Gates funds a lot into mining. Mm-hmm. So they're all complicit in this. They, they don't are. care they about are. their workers. You know, it wasn't lost on me, and I've said this to a few people, that you, you think back a few years ago and the mining tax uh, debacle, every single one of the miners was spending hundreds of thousands of dollars a week to have their media everywhere. Mm. Um and yet this occurs, mm. not a peep. No. 
cricket. And not just yeah. that. If you look at the mining industry with, when it comes to sexual harassment and bullying and all that, I mean, yeah. they're just a disaster. They're just the, the, the typical corporation that uh, are making millions and billions millions, off, yeah. off our land. And, uh, you know, they're getting backed by the government and they couldn't care about the people at all. And that's amazing, just a disgrace. It? it really is. It's a slight on our, um, on our lives. Jay? I want to step in here about please, the mining. So please. I'm ex-FIFO, lost my job. I left site on the 29th of November Yeah. Um, for refusing the jab. I sent letters to my bosses. I spoke to my manager I asked where the risk assessment was. Mm, so did I. Nothing. Mm. Um, then I spent the next three weeks talking to HR, backwards and forwards. Unfortunately, my manager was actually a good guy and he did stick up for me and he said, well, let's get her to work from home for a bit. Mm. I worked in Aboriginal heritage. Oh, yeah. And at the time, law had started, so I could have done my job from home because we didn't have any traditional owners out on site. So yes. I didn't need to be there. Um, explain to everyone, Jay, what law is. And for all of us in the mining industry, we know all about that, but I'm sure there's a few people yeah. out there. So there's a, a period through the summer, our mm. summer, from the 1st of December, usually through till – it can finish earlier, but it can mm. be March. Um, as a woman, I can't really talk about law, but yes. it's when the men become men. Yes. They are gathered up from the area and, and they go through, they learn everything there is to learn about their culture. I'll tell culture. you what, it's very, very interesting. Isn't it's it, extremely interesting. It? Yeah. Um, but as a woman, I'm, I'm not going to speak about yeah. it. Yeah, that's um, fair. Yeah. So, you know, my, my manager was great, my direct manager. He's like, yeah, let's get Jay to work from home. We want to support her. You know, if a so-called vaccine becomes available that you're comfortable with, maybe then you could take it. And I went, yeah, maybe I'll do that. But, you know, I just need some time. I want to make an informed decision. Mm. Your informed consent is your right, not your obligation. Exactly. Eh? Okay. And um, I sent uh, – um, I know you guys would all be aware of the letter that Rod Cullerton, who's speaking now, mm. um, put together. Mm-hmm. My response from HR was when I sent Rod's letter – and I said, oh, mm-hmm. you've got three days mm-hmm. to answer this. Yep. Um, they came back and said, it's come to our attention that the letter you have sent is a readily available template available at such and such. And they actually that put the link. I try not to send a text message or an email in anger, so I lost it. <laughs> <laughs> and I went, I closed my laptop and went, walk away now before mm-hmm. you answer that. Yeah. I, I hit the beach. I went for a big long drive. I live in Bridgetown, so the beach is a fair distance. I hit the beach, reflected, went back and said to Stephanie, um, <laughs> I am <laughs> – hi, Steph, if you're listening. Um, Don't I hope you're listening. I'm like, hello, hello, Stephanie. Um, hello, I am well Stephanie. aware that the letter I sent you is a template. And that template was put together. I didn't mention Rod's name. I just said by a formal federal senator and a group of lawyers to assist the people Mm. such as myself and Mm. the many others that you guys have put in this position of losing our job because we choose not to get this jab. Hey, and tell me, Jay. um, So Then I just write, I'm not quite sure why you've brought this to my attention mm-hmm. that's when it got and a little still bit not, and they're still not answered 
Oh no, they sacked me. Responded. Yeah. They yeah. they sacked me. It it then got very short after that. Our our email responses. I rang my manager and I said, "What's happening? It's coming up to Christmas. I've heard nothing. Mm. Are you sacking me? They'd put me on leave without pay. Mm. And then they sacked me on the twenty third of December, wow. two days before um, Christmas. Lovely. Jay, I can really relate to you because I wrote a letter. Well, I wrote quite a few letters. I, actually. <laughs> I wrote uh, there to were speak a, out. <laughs> there were a couple that got sent, but there was one particular one where I had a moment of insensibility, and uh, I wrote it and then I think I waited a day and then I phoned a lovely lady who's happening to listen. She's listening right now, Rosie. Hello, hello. lovely lady. Hello, hello, hello Rosie. Rosie. Hello. Oh, Rosie. <laughs> and um, she read that and she went, yeah, Andrew, delete that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I kept it <laughs> because it's going to be great memorabilia, yeah, isn't it? Exactly. All of these things are going to be great memorabilia. Yeah. Just looking back through all the documents and all the, the work that we've done. We've yeah. all done yeah. so much work, haven't we? Yeah. Um, and uh, I, 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 I can't wait to look back on all of this. And uh, there's a few of us that are talking about making a docu- documentary. Yeah. Well and done. Yeah. And I think it's going to be something that's going to be amazing to do. Absolutely. Uh, like the guys like Topher Field did in Melbourne. Mm. But um, gosh, for us, it's still going on. Mm. And we haven't had a break from it, really. Just, but just speaking about Melbourne. You know, we've aligned ourselves with some pretty powerful lawyers mm-hmm. from um, from Melbourne, actually, um, and I, I will I will mention them because they're 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 a freedom fighting uh, lawyer um, company, mm-hmm. um, uh, Flitner and Co. Uh, Flitner and Co. Mm-hmm. And um, Mishka and Thomas over there have been fantastic, and they've provided um, both uh, Deb and Paul and um, myself with some extremely powerful information um, to the point where with the um, uh, the Occupational Health and Safety uh, t- uh, 2020 um, that got updated um, and the legislation that got passed in November last year, uh, no- November 11th, they actually basically said that um, any employer that force the, sta- uh, the, the, the jab onto their staff or anyone else is 100% liable for that. And yep. that was contrary to what any lawyer in Perth was saying, and I'll mention them, Jackson McDonald saying, oh, no, you're safe if you, take the, if you force your staff to have the jab because the government said, well, no. If you look at that legislation, the onus comes back onto the employer and that's what we were promoting and that's what we were trying to teach people and show people and um, it, it was awesome to have that backing and have that knowledge of, you know, lawyers from Melbourne because mm. the ones over in Perth, <coughs> they did nothing. Mate, I had the same experience actually. When all this started kicking off, um, I, I had quite a few days on site where I didn't do one minute of work. Mm. I was on the phone and I was doing all the research and I was, I was running around telling everybody and all that sort of thing. My boss said... Uh, Andrew, you're not doing any work. And I said, mate, uh, take a look at this legislation. Mm. I'm allowed to do what I'm doing right now and you can't stop me. Absolutely. And um, they went, oh, jeez, don't know how to to respond to that. (laughs) Um, And that was my experience from then on out. Uh, Except for one man, I won't mention his name, I have a great deal of respect for him. He's a hard man, high-functioning individual. Um, 
he said to me quite a few times, Andrew, I have no position on this, which I thought was... I don't, know if I'm re- I don't know if I'm relaying it v- properly, but that was probably, in my mind, one of the smartest things this guy could, do- could have done yeah. because I collected a hell of a lot of evidence on all these other people. Mm. And um, I'm not sure if I've even had a chance to speak to you guys about this, but there's a certain letter that Raymond Broomhall has just um, authored on behalf of oh, about 2,000 people mm. and lots of uh, around 650 employers here in Western Australia have just received it. Wow. Exactly. And um, I heard this morning that there's lots of feedback already from employers. And, um, Fantastic. Uh, we can only just hope and wait and see what happens, what comes of that. And I sure hope that something comes of it because I'm damn angry and I want blood and I want revenge. Is that too hard? I want revenge as well. I I, I was over the bullying. My boss, like the manager, manager, the site manager. Um, Oh, we should all be lined up and shot. Anti-vaxxers. I heard heard the same sort of thing. My medic said to me, I had took three weeks off because we had the Bridgetown Blues Festival. And um, so I took some time off, got back to work and everyone wanted to know, have you had the jab? Because it was coming up to D-Day. I'm like, nope. Everyone uh, couldn't believe it. And then the medic said, we should just hold you down and jab you. No. no. Oh, my God. Yes. This all went into a letter to speak out because every mining company has a speak out service. They've they were done, useless from my experience. Well, they were totally useless. I had, a, I had a meeting. I was singled out in the room as the unvaccinated person in our oh. pre-start mooti- <sighs> meetings more than once. It's um, shocking. I said to the medic, um, I believe that's a threat of assault. That's a oh, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. The day before I left, and I'm going to finish on this because I've got to go and do the timekeeping, mm. but the day before I left the site, um, there was a rumour going around that we were going to go to a dry site. Now, of course. we only Let had light beer anyway. Yeah. Okay, we only had light beer. And we'd had one of the directors and we'd had a bit of an incident with a driller and everyone has incidents with drillers. <laughs> now We're not picking on your drillers. No, we're not. No. We love you. You do a lot of really good work. So everyone's up in arms and they're saying, Jay, have you heard about this? We're going to a dry site. And I said, it's a rumour. It's not going to happen. Don't worry about it. And then I just stood there and looked at them. I said, you guys are pathetic. <laughs> and they're like, What? I said, listen to yourselves. Mm. You are kicking up such a fuss thinking you can't have a light beer after work, but you were more than willing to say, stay silent <coughs> and get that jab. You know and what? I said, you know what? You guys have been jabbed in more ways than one. Exactly. And you need to own that yeah. because the people that have walked away is one skinny little driller's offsider and three women. Yeah. You know, and you big tough miners you, have sat there and you're and all it, worried right? about your beer. Taking the pineapple. That's it, right. a disgrace. You know, in the mining game, especially in the on-site in, out in the Pilbara, there's a lot of tough guys. Mm. And uh, Apparently. Was that hardening up? Take yeah. a cup of cement, harden up? Yeah, all that attitude. stuff. I'm, I've got certain people in mind right now. But um, they all folded. Mm. And uh, I said to one of them, you know you're gutless, don't you? Mm-hmm. This big tough guy, and, and I said you're a gutless wonder. Oh, what do you mean by that? I said, well, show me your strength, mate. Mm. They got no, they got no honour. Mm. They got no integrity. 
and they sold their soul to the devil. Mm. And exactly. that's the reality. Mm-hmm. When uh, they could have put a stop to it. Absolutely. Yeah. The mining yeah. industry alone, I believe, I could have put a yeah, stop I to do it. They could have, absolutely. And I made the case with all of my um, colleagues at the time that I said, I said to them, look, if we all walk out together, mm-hmm. they're screwed. Mm. Absolutely. No that one was could as simple understand. as it was. It was yep. as simple as it was and no one could understand it. Yeah. Mm. And now they're all triple jabbed and lots of my old friends have been injured. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it wouldn't have taken much more than the, you know, there was quite a significant number of people that did exit mining because they didn't want to mm-hmm. take the jab. Mm. And it wouldn't have taken much more for them to shut it down altogether if they just had all stood strong. Because, you know, like there was a lot that, you know, plane loads, you know, being flown out that um, weren't going to take the jab. So it just needed those few, you know, that those extra people to make it stand. Because the mi- if you shut the mining industry down, that's the backbone of, a, of WA. Absolutely. That's and, right. You know, Could have ended it right yeah, there. Yep. And McCle- um, our illustrious... Yeah. Marky um, Mark McClown. Yes. Sorry, Rosie. Yeah. Yeah. Hit, hit, Hitler. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, our dictator. Let, the, yeah, take me to court for that, Remind me the, that I show... I'm got, I've got some merch coming, everyone. <laughs> oh, <laughs> wicked. For the Bellman Report. <laughs> Make sure I show you some of the images that my dear friend has produced for me. They're really good. They're great. Um, Troy, thank you so much. I know know you're not listening. I know you're not listening, but you're doing a great job. Well done. And um, I'm really looking forward to seeing some of those T-shirts out there um, because they're funny. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and they tell a story. So, look, we've just had the knock on the door. We're going to have to change over in a minute. But can I just please, Deb, one more time, how Mm. do people make contact with you? at WA Conscious Businesses? Businesses. Um, you can go to www.free4humanity.com and there's a contact us and it gives us all the infor- all your information about what we do. Um, Deb, yes. I was going to mention this to you at the beginning of the slot, but um, I've passed on your web address to a great deal number of people and I've used it myself. Yeah. And wow. Rosie, who we just talked about before. Um, that's the Rosie I'm that's thinking of. Hi, Rosie. Hi, Rosie. Thank <laughs> you Hi, Rosie. for all your great work, <laughs> yeah, Rosie. Yeah, she's done an amazing job with our um, Form 2 to help people with their unfair dismissal. So and she did we an really amazing appreciate job. that. Helping me yep. sort that out too. And she's doing a lots of amazing work and oh, helping absolutely. lots and lots of people. She's working yep. very, very hard. And um, how she puts up with me, I don't know. <laughs> but uh, anyway, Dave, on to you, mate. How do people make contact with you at WA Building Industry Alliance? So we're only on a Telegram page. So mm-hmm. if you've just got to go to Telegram and, and put in WA Building Industry Alliance. There's two parts. So there's the chat page and the information page. Um you can contact us through there via email, um, and that's on the on the page as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and look, we're we're always available to answer questions, to help builders, to help people in the industry. Um, and look at us. I mean, uh, you know, we're involved in building and business, and uh, here we are running a, a political event, mm. and. Uh, one of the best political events that's uh, come to Perth and uh, it's been a, m- a massive turnout tonight. It has. It's been it's amazing. Been, uh, it's been incredible. Um, let me just tell you guys, Rosie just sent me a text message. <laughs> <laughs> she has. it's a tough job but someone has to do it. Laugh, laugh, laugh. Rosie, it is a tough job. It and is. You're doing a great job. Uh, Jay, any last comments from you? Uh, yes, I'd like to say that in Bunbury every Saturday we have a rally 
Yep. So and I'm going to come and join you fantastic. soon, by the way. Yeah, so so we're literally there every Saturday. We don't just have particular dates. Um, so please feel free to come down and join us. There's yep. a great community. If you sell products, bring them down. You can have a stall there free of charge and meet some more like-minded people. Lovely. Some Thank musicians. you so much. Um, I'll have to catch up with you later. Yes. Um, there's a few people from Bunbury. I'm going to get down there with my camera and probably hassle you for an interview at some point. Yep. I'm in Bridgetown. You'll have to drive a bit further. Yeah. Okay. Or well, come on a Saturday. I've got to go. We'll yeah. organise it. Do Thanks. my timekeeping. Yeah. Just quickly. Thanks. You know, yes. We really want to use this forum to really get the message out to people and get out there and, and, and vote. Get out and yep. learn about the Freedom Fighting Parties. Um, make the right vote. We're going to be promoting a lot of information on the 15 electorates and who to vote and give us the best opportunity to get some seats. Um, you know, our aim is to get a hung parliament or, or get some seats in there and really stir things up. So I encourage anyone that's out there, go and vote. If you're not sure who to vote, you know, contact uh, WA Conscious Businesses and uh, WA Building Industry Alliance and uh, we'll put you in the right place. And look, there's some really good parties. GAP's a great party. Mm-hmm. UAP's a great party. Mm. Australian Federation Party. We've really got to support these great free- freedom fighting parties and we've got to really make a difference and now's the time. Absolutely, mate. And uh, I don't know who's coming in next. It may be some of those guys. I really don't know. But everyone, um, look, first of all, let me apologise to you. I'm very new at doing podcasts and I've got... Done a great I know, job. I yeah. know. Awesome. For the listeners, I know you're listening to the same songs over and over again. I'm sorry. <laughs> one, one more thing. I'll, I've got to give it to you guys. Scorpion Media, you've been awesome tonight. Um, Max Freedom and also 8 News. It's been a pleasure having you guys on board with us. I'm so grateful to you guys and thank you very much. And Dave, I've got to say it. Um, thank you for mentioning 8 News. I'm also the Bellman Report, which is what I'm mostly known for. Beautiful. Um, please, everyone, jump on Rumble. We're, we're being deleted off YouTube. Uh, please jump on Rumble, like, share and subscribe. Most importantly, I desperately need to build it up. Yep. YouTube was taking off for me and uh, I guarantee I'll be deleted entirely within the next few days. But um, we will start another YouTube channel. Cool. So unfortunately, well not unfortunately, thankfully Rumble's there. It just doesn't have the population on it. It's growing. It's growing, yes. Um, So everyone, I'm not sure who's coming in next, but please stay with us. I'm going to put a tune on. Hopefully you you like this one. I know you've heard it a few times already. And we'll be right back. Thank you. Thank Thank you. Thank you for speaking to me, everyone. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. We're back. Thank you, everyone, for staying with us. Um, we've got 26 people listening at the moment online, which is amazing. We're a very small show. Um, and, of course, we have the video feeds going out on Instagram on the Scorpion Media site uh, and Max Freedom as well. So what it ta- you know, whatever your poison is, it's all there for you. So that's great. Um, 
I am joined now with three members of the United Australia Party. Welcome, gentlemen, Andrew, Josh and Rob. Yep, nice to be here. Welcome, welcome. Guys, let's start with you, Andrew. Mate, please tell me, what is the seat that you're running for? It's called Durack. Durack, speak into the mic, mate. Will do. Um, yeah, so it's one of the biggest single-member electorates in the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, it runs from as far, the electoral boundary runs as far south as northern New York all the way to the very top of the state. So, mm. um, it's a massive area. Yes. So you've been spending a lot of time up north just recently, I think oh. you were saying. Just, mate, just speak into the microphone, Yeah, please. no worries. Um, you can angle it up as well if you like, if you need to. to just tw- yeah, that's there the way. There we go. Push All right, yeah. cheers, mate. Um, yeah, so I've been um, in Geraldton quite a few times. I've yep. also been to, geez, Durian Bay, um, Cowberry, Carnarvon. Well, you're certainly running for a, a lovely part of the world. Yeah, 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 I like to think it's the most beautiful electorate in the country. Uh, um, you, I, I agree with you, mate. Yeah, and I was lucky enough to be in Port Hedland for their uh, council meeting. Uh, they were pushing a motion to for the town of Port Hedland to take the WA government to the Supreme Court over the injury that the town has suffered from the mandates, from the VAX passports, and it was a special electors meeting, so it passed without... Um, uh, any uh, dissenting votes. Um, yeah. yeah, so coming up soon is the council actually um, voting on the motion. Um, so it's one for everyone to look out for because it's a big And, deal. of course, we've got some Port Hedland people here in the building tonight and um, I've been speaking to them over the last few days. In fact, I was hanging out with them on Anzac Day here in Perth and they were telling me that their movement, is the freedom movement, is very strong in Port Hedland. And uh, I'm glad you raised that because... I really, really want to get up there um, and as the Bellman Report and do some interviews with some of the crew up there. I'm really looking forward to that. So if we've got anyone from Port Hedland listening tonight, um, I hope I'm going to be there soon. I don't know when, but we're going to start looking at that. Um, Josh, what about you, mate? What seat are you running for? I'm running for the electorate of Burt, which is uh, sort of southeast metro um, between Armadale up to Kenwick and across to about Thornley. Right. Yeah. Great. Um, Rob? I'm the uh, state director, initially. Yes. Um, and I'm also the um, second on the Senate seat. Right. I've just had a message from someone saying, are we uh, still live? And we definitely are. Um, yes. Uh, so, look, if anyone's listening and there's a little bit of an interruption in the feed, I suggest you just close the app and just start it again and just you'll join back in. Um, I'm sorry, I interrupted you, mate. No, that's quite all right, mate. Uh, well, I'll start again if you like. Please. Uh, my name's Rob Forster mm-hmm. and I'm the uh, State uh, Director for the United Australia Party and I'm also number two on the Senate ticket. Wow. Mm. Lovely. I'm very, very excited about your party, guys. I mean, I think I'm just excited about all freedom parties Amen. in general. Um, it's the most important election in our country. Would everyone agree with that? Agree. Yeah. Yeah. Guys, tell me about your policies. Who would like to start off? Um, because I'm, I'm really interested. Let's yep. have that conversation. What's the most... Andrew, what's the biggest thing on your mind or what's the most important policy that, that your party represents? To ban the mandates. That's, uh, yeah, issue number one. It's what brought, brought most of the candidates to become, uh, to become UAP candidates. Mm. 
Craig Kelly put the bill through Parliament, no uh, COVID-19 vaccine domestic passports bill. Mm. It got voted down by the Liberal, Labor and the Greens um, parliamentarian in mm. the House of Representatives. So at this election, we're hoping to win the balance of power where we can force the sitting government of the day to pass that bill and ban the mandates, both by government and by corporations. Amen to that. Uh, We've had a fair bit of a discussion about all these topics tonight already. There's lots of things that have been talked about, but I think that's really that's the most important one. We need to, the people need to understand that a mandate is not a law and neither is a directive. Mm. How in hell people can't understand that, I don't know. Yeah, Josh, what about you? Um, well, there's a there's. I mean, it's a massive issue, the mandates, but uh, we've got a lot of cost of it, cost of living um, pressures that are that are starting to show um, inflation's starting to spike as our interest rates, um, Feel. you know, representing a fairly blue collar sort of area. Everyone's feeling the pinch. Mate, mate I, um, it's funny, uh, I'm 51 years old and I called my mum and I said, mum, what's the <laughs> most important thing to you? We're doing this show tomorrow night. And she said, oh, it's got to be the economy, Andrew. And it is. Why do you think that um, Australia, having all of the natural resources that we do have, why are we sending it all overseas? Uh, well, I think the, the Lima Declaration had a fair bit to do with that. The government in the 70s effectively signed on to offshore all of our manufacturing. That, that's what that says. Do you, look, I often put it this way, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but um, I, I feel like we as a country, our, our political leaders have been sailing us down the garden path for the last 20-odd years, mm. possibly a lot yeah, longer. longer. Yeah. And, um, I mean, we don't manufacture cars here anymore. Can you believe we that? Barely manu- we barely manufacture Well, it's anything. not only the cars, of course. It's we've not. Lost, it's we've so lost 98% things. of our manufacturing. I mean, even last year, we actually lost uh, the last factory that we had making babies' nappies if you like. I mean, I know that's only a small issue, but the reality is there was 200 jobs there. It wasn't about the fact that it wasn't viable because, I mean, babies wear, you know, nappies. Hmm. What it was all about was the bottom line. So corporates look at that whole aspect of... And see, the thing is that why keep corporates here? They, you know, they look at the cheap... uh, the way they can actually run uh, businesses over there. They can get a, a, a much larger profit margin at the end of the day and of course the governments have here have not made it easier for corporations you know decent australian corporations or businesses small business to actually work the red tape drives them out of the country mm. they also then find that they get more money overseas and that and we don't invest in our own country i mean the reality is that what we should be doing is not only should we bring back the manufacturing to this country but we should also be refining and processing all of our own natural resources. Uh, amen to that, mate. Uh, why are we sending everything over to China? I don't know. Um, I'll tell you what, uh, I used to have this argument with people a lot, and um, I've got to be honest, I'm not the cl- most clued up person on the economy, but I used to say, you know, this is crazy. We're sending everything over to China. Um, why, why are we doing that? It's nuts. And people go, come on, Andrew. Uh, we can't compete. We have to do that. Mm. 
What a lame excuse. And you know what's simply not true? The fact is that the, the is Japanese, you know, uh, I know that, mate, but the Japanese uh, actually have got one of the greatest industrial nations in the world, or they did have mm. until the Chinese sort of screwed them over a fair bit, but, um, and the whole well, world, to be well, honest. Yeah, well, but the the, and, and they've also uh, yeah. added with that, quite correct, but the, the added to that, the Japanese have actually got the highest cost of living in the world too, and the highest wages. So it doesn't compute. Those lies that they've been telling us for decades, mm. Mm. that, you know, high, uh, you know, uh, salaries and all that sort of stuff. It, uh, Ruining it doesn't, out, yeah. It does, and then you have a look at Japan, and it was, one, it was an absolute industrial might. And that's right. Uh, I think you could take any situation uh, anywhere in the world, no matter what it is, and if you dug into it deep enough, you'd find that uh, there was some sort of, uh, what's the right word for it, uh, dodgy dealing somewhere Absolutely. and uh, you know there's a, an excuse is just made up you know the 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 spin doctors I hate saying that but the spin doctors have gotten together with uh, the involved parties and they've gone I know what we'll do mm. we'll tell them it's too expensive to make cars here in Australia exactly someone pointed out to me it's a funny topic I had it uh, so I think it was this evening actually while we're waiting for everyone to arrive and it was telling me about uh, a company uh, that's what it was. Uh, Australia now buys all of its ammunition mm-hmm. from, I think, China or mm. overseas countries. Well, there's a mixture of that because the Americans actually produce a fair amount of ammunition as well. I'm sure. Now, the point was was that this person said, now, you know, uh, I can't remember what company it was, but the one a car manufacturer, he said, do you, do you know that they could have easily been repurposed? He, he knows this d- directly somehow. They could have easily been repurposed to start making ammunition for Australia. Mm. Now, I don't, I don't really want to talk about bullets, mm. but um, it's a good point. Um, why does our government just simply say, oh, well, sorry about that. No, go, yeah, see you later. Good having you if you're here for the last hundred years, but see you later. Um, we'll buy our stuff from another country. Well, what? how is it then, guys? What's going on here? How is it that, um, you know, we have a country that doesn't even produce its own cars? We don't have the Holden, we don't have the Ford, you don't even assemble Toyotas. How is it? How would we be able to do anything in this country truly yeah. if we got into the manure? I yeah. If, 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 our, if our sovereign security was a, a really affected and threatened, how would we d- make anything? How is it yeah. um, that... There's, um, again, I'm no expert on fuel, but there's an additive that's put into oh, diesel ad, ad fuel. Yeah. Yeah. Add blue. You're How rare. is it that we almost ran out of that in this country? Because it's made mainly, uh, there's a lot of that actually made in the Ukraine, and there's also a lot made in China. We do actually have two uh, uh, factories. There's one actually in Geraldton that they're trying to crank okay. up. Yep. It's up uh, Geraldton or uh, Dongara? It's up around that area anyway. And they're I trying to crank it. Donk, I think you're right. Yeah. Um, but it's in that general area. It's in the ballpark anyway. Yeah, I'm But the thing sure is that, anyway. you know, urea is absolutely vital, not only for the running of diesel engines, but because as a farmer myself, mm-hmm. um, it is also essential for the growing of crops. Now, let me mm. tell you that last year, uh, it was about, uh, now I bought a tonne and a half just on a small lot that I put in of hay, mm. and it was about a tonne and a half. It cost us 800 odd dollars. If I want that same urea this year, it's going to cost me 2000 Wow. That is an absolute fact. 
sure the the kind of raise, raising of costs that will put businesses out of business oh, and primary producers. I mean, the thing is that we we you know how are we going to be able to uh, actually sustain a cost on that? You know, the the, the cost uh, actually being put to farmers in their actual production of food is dramatic. You know, mm. All fertilisers are expensive, urea. Mm. It costs a heck of a lot of money for, uh, you know, our diesel prices have gone up mm. now as well. The other thing, of course, is too that the, the Liberal government have actually proposed to uh, place a $1.61 tax on all live beef per kilo. Mate, I go into Coles these days. I mean, I shop at Coles because they're just around the corner from where I live. And the price of meat... Is outrageous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. yep. Guys, let's move on. What's the next uh, talking point that you guys would like to get out to to the listeners? For me, it's the digital ID agenda. Glad um, you brought that up, mate. Yes, yeah, and it's something which the United Australia Party is really strong on. Uh, the Trusted Digital Identity Bill has been in development since 2015. You can read about it at the website digitalidentity.gov.au. And the, the QR code scan-ins and these uh, vaccine certificates we've been flashing, mm. that's just the tip of the iceberg for Training program for everyone to be even more compliant. But, mate, it's not just that. Yep. We're also heading into a cashless society now as well, and that is truly frightening. It really is, Incredible. yes, yes. And uh, I'm actually a bit of a coin collector because I know that they'll get rid of physical <laughs> currency or at least try to in my lifetime, yeah. and I want to be able to show my kids and my grandkids what we once had. Uh, yeah. yeah, I the, haven't even thought of that, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm... Um, yeah, a bit weird like that. But, um, no, yeah, the cashless society is a part of it. The biometric surveillance agenda is a big part of it. And the, the tracking of every living, living soul on the planet, um, the tracking of every movement that they make in their, their normal, natural lives. Yes, and this has been a creeping agenda for a long time with mm. facial recognition cameras and the mm. like. Um, I got the shock of my lifetime during the state election last year. I was a candidate for the no-mandatory vaccination party then, flying oh, yes. back from Caratha, and I got asked to stand in the don't shoot me pose, you know, this one. And I, I, was, I was really, um, yeah, like I thought it was just a metal detector, but I've been asked to stop and put my hands up like that. And um, I was very, um, you know, uh, tired and weary after a long campaign in the Pilbara heat in yeah. March um, and it took me a couple of seconds to dawn as my hands went up I jumped out of this you know um, uh, frame and um, said oh that's a full body scanner isn't it and the security guard uh, says that to me yes it is sorry mate can you just close the door please um, yes, please. Yeah, so continue. I say to the head of the airport security at Carrather Airport, that's a full body scanner, isn't it? And he says, yes, and now you've stepped into it, you'll have to complete the process. And I said, wow. Well, has a scan been taken? No, it hasn't. And I'd say, well, I don't consent to it, but I'm happy to have a pat down. Anyway, a bit of back and forth in that way, yeah. and I got my pat down. And, you know, he's like, you take your shoes off mm. and come over to the windowsill and, you know, gives me a very uh, modest uh, pat down. It's something like the stories at the TSA. Uh, but re- researching into it, I found out that these full body scanners are in all of WA's domestic regional airports. They are wheeled out in the second half of 2020, when we're all focused on the pandemic, of course. Yeah. Um, and their international travel was banned anyway, so 
what what international terrorism risk is there when that's the case, let alone what terrorism risk is there in the Pilbara? Mate, um, I had a very interesting discussion with a, a veteran on Anzac Day. It didn't end well. Um, I, I talked to him all about his service. I haven't actually posted this on my channels, um, but uh, it was so interesting. Um, where we had a lovely conversation and then I said to him, how does it make you feel when you look around here right now, um, you can see secret police everywhere, you can see bomb squad, with the bomb squad was everywhere, this is in Perth CBD, um, I, I said, just up the road there, we're right next to an intersection, there are three layers of barricading on that, that, that side street, plus there were two motorbike cops man, manning that post, there was no way anyone was getting through, uh, and I could go on and on, right? Um, I said, how does it make you feel, is this the country that you fought for? And his son who was there, I'll guarantee you the son was was in the police or something like that. He went, right, this is too personal. That's it, Dad, we're going. And I thought, was that so unreasonable what I just said? No, of course not. No, it no, wasn't unreasonable. As an ex-military person and peacekeeper myself, let me tell you that this is not the country that I recognise. Oh, I agree. I don't recognise it. And you know what? I am ashamed in many ways about what we have become. What have we allowed ourselves to become because of the tyranny of this country? And it, this is a spit in the face of mm. every forebear that has been in the military of mine and is a spit in my face. And for the also not only that, but there are operational people such as firefighters and policemen. Mm. They don't like this any more than you and I do. I know. And um, there are many, many police in the same position. Uh, mate... I've been. I've spoken to a lot of military people. Um, is it a fair call to say that um, they're very, very patriotic? And do you think that they'll follow illegal orders by our disgusting government? I don't think they've got much of a choice, to be perfectly honest, at so this present stage, because they've been sort of sucked into that whole thing about mandates and then following them. That's many of them, unless they're awake, of course. Uh, but the thing is that they, many of them don't actually have much of a choice. You know, they've got families, they've got yeah. mortgages, they've got children, they've got work and all that sort of stuff. There's commitments. And so th through this coercion that has been put upon us by the state government and the federal government, mm. we have been led into a position that we don't recognise ourselves. And, you know, people have bought into the fear. And yes. simply it is uh, uh, it's a slap in the face to the Australian culture yeah. And it is a slap in the face to our forebears that fought hard to make our country free and democratic. Yes. Here, here. Agreed. J uh, Josh, yeah. you've been sitting there. We well, haven't uh, talked too much. They get, they get the wind in their sails, mate, and they go. So <laughs> I'll, I'll let them go for a bit. Oh, but good yeah. on you, mate. Thank you for being so patient. What, um, what would you like to talk about? Um, oh, mate. Uh, well... What's any, the any, any, like in terms of the policies and stuff that we're putting forward? There's you know, there's there's some spectacular ones. I think the um, the man, like keeping interest rates at three percent is gonna is gonna be a massive thing mm -hmm. um, moving forward because interest rates are starting to move and they're predicting them to move a lot more in the coming couple of years. Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of people are much more highly leveraged than they would have been. 
like in in years gone by, like people have bought have bought houses, mm. possibly That's well right. beyond their means because interest yeah. rates were very low. Yes, um, and they will suck it into it, right? Yeah. Mm. If yeah. you look at the big picture, that's what's happened. Yeah, um, mm. and interest rates, if they hit five, six percent, a lot of people are really going to struggle to pay. Like, if you're sitting on a seven hundred thousand dollar mortgage or a million dollar mortgage, and a lot of people are, mm-hmm. I mean. If that ends up being a lot of money. Sure does. Yeah. Sure that does. Could, could What's the solution? Um, well, we want to move back to the way it was before the Reserve Bank um, got hold of, of control of, of interest rates. So we, we want to lock them at a maximum of 3% for the next five years um, and let... And let the country restore itself. Well, yeah. Is, is by, that by that stage, if, if we're in power, we pay down a fair chunk of the debt... Um, with that 15% um, export licence on iron ore and it takes a bit of the pressure off the um, Reserve Bank to raise those interest rates. Right. Um, so, yeah, that, that's where we think it's, it, it should be heading. Um, Liberal and Labor are ignoring it, hoping people don't, no, don't really notice because they don't seem to have you a plan You mean the bedfellows? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. The um, Teal Coalition. Are we ever... Guys, w- what's your feeling? Are we going to get rid of some of these... Have we got any chance of success here, do you think? Well, speaking from my electorate, Mm -hmm. uh, the Pilbara and the Kimberley have some of the lowest vaccination rates in the country. So Mm -hmm. if that translates to Freedom Party vote, then we're in with some sort of a shot. Sure, Um, definitely. Yeah, particularly under preferential voting system, that's one of the big parts that the UAP is campaigning on. I know that other minor parties are campaigning on. Put mm. the majors last yes. on your on your lower house ballot and then the uh, vote between the freedom minor parties will stay within them um, and hopefully we can get ahead of a Liberal or Labor in the count and then it's all how those preferences flow. Sure enough, the major parties must have picked up on this because in Durack, Labor has the UAP second last, Liberals have them dead last, <laughs> Nationals have us dead last. So <laughs> I think you must be a threat. That's, oh, that's well. WA wide, actually. I think yes. that's done that to us everywhere. Yeah. Oh, you guys are a threat. Yeah. Mm. Well, we may well be. Um, and yes, yeah. it is um, statewide for the Liberals, but for the Nationals to jump on board as well, and they're Liberals and Nationals are separate parties in WA, so... Yeah. Yeah, we've got uh, everyone gunning for us, Andrew, and if you say you're a threat, well, and, I'll take and your judgment. Andrew, how is it that, you know, a Conservative Party like the Liberal Party is supposed to be, supposed to be actually um, preferences a socialist Marxist government party, the Labor Party, before they do another Conservative Party? And what a Greens. betrayal. What a betrayal to the, to the voters of Australia and to the voters of Western Australia that have, you know, um, loyally followed... Liberal Party doctrine. Gentlemen, what's this business of um, us continuing to have uh, leaders, uh, ScoMo, for example, Mm. who we didn't elect? Mm. It's a reoccurring pattern. Is there something going on here? Um, Well, obviously that started, uh, you know, that uh, business with uh, Rudd, Gillard, Rudd. Sure. Uh, You know, the old ping pong. Yeah. Um, and then we had, um, you know, we had Abbott that was, uh, you know, under threat by, um, you know, Turnbull and, and then it was, uh, and then it went over to um, ScoMo and all of that was absolutely dirty dealings because ScoMo basically was um, uh, uh, saying openly that he was protecting Turnbull, but he had all of his other mates so that he didn't get tarnished with being a rotten 
you know, uh, leader essentially. Yep. He got them to do all his dirty work for the, for him. I mean, it's a dirty, dirty business, mate. And, you know, the thing is that, that what is lacking in politics today, you know, and I speak because I, I did 40 years as a firefighter, and it's extremely important as a you have to be part of a team and there has to be integrity and honesty amongst the team. Because when you actually lose the integrity and the honesty, you have lost your soul. Absolutely. And it, it's in, in politics today, at the top end, it's all too easy. They, you know what? I have this conversation with people a lot. Uh, people think that the government loves them. <laughs> that, that's yeah, that's, that's how far out of touch they are, mate. It is. Mm. The government does not love you, people. No. Pharmaceutical companies aren't there to make you better, people. They want to keep you sick. Oh, they yeah. won't make so any they, profit. If they, yeah, they make more money when you're sick. Here's a good question for you guys, and I hope I'm not putting you on the spot, but how do we solve that it. situation? How do we solve that? Um, the pharmaceutical thing. Uh, you know, we're, we're now we're seeing an experimental medical procedure forced upon the, the population, I mean the entire population, and yet these companies oh, are... Um, they've given themselves immunity, but... I think if that if they're found to have lied in the documentation that they put forward or omitted things, that well, they they're were, already being found out with all the yeah. drops every at the first of every yeah. month. So, so if, if they're found to not have acted in good faith, then I'm not sure that that I'm not sure that that can hold. Like I'm not sure that that immunity is worth the paper. I'm sure on. it can't hold, but I guess the question that I'm getting at is um, I think that this entire system, including APRA. It needs to be ripped down oh, and rebuilt. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, look, it's you know what so was bad. really what I saw the other day, and it was a debate in uh, Parliament. They were trying to put a, uh, a bill through in uh, Victoria, mm-hmm. and they were asking for the, the chief medical officers over there to be given an indemnity for the last two years of their decision makings. They I wanted that actually legislated, yeah, that so that they couldn't be held accountable. Now the other yeah. issue, of course, is too about the uh, when we remove the mandates when we get into government, mm-hmm. what that will effectively do is hit at the heart of all of those big pharmaceutical companies because we won't have to actually jab the people. Mm-hmm. So that's going to that's going to and the reason they're so scared and they want to you know, defame us and get rid of the United Australia Party because we do see what's going on. Mm-hmm. We've got, they've got to get rid of us some way or another yep. because if they don't, their bottom line, the dollar is actually going to be uh, threatened. We are going to decimate these people if we get into parliament with our, uh, our actual uh, legislation that we want to put it through on the mandates and all of that stopping of jabbing of our children, which is the most disgraceful betrayal of all uh, adults, uh, sorry, of all parents in Australia. I reckon I must know at least a dozen people with myocarditis now. Mm. Yes. And, you know, isn't it interesting how the colluding mainstream media have got it, they're trying to tell us that that's all normal now. It's these, so all these rare. these heart attacks. Yeah. But magically, everyone's between 50 and, say, 53 years old. I mean, not everyone, but the vast majority, and they, they're dropping like flies. Absolutely. But you know what? It's not because of the jab, gentlemen. Oh, it's no. because all of these people weren't able to go and see the doctor during the lockdowns. Isn't it funny, though, that the majority of them are, 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 are uh, professional sports people 
who all have team doctors, yeah. I can tell you for a fact that those people didn't miss one medical appointment yep. because it comes regularly. as part of the job. So I'm sorry, MSM, you're freaking wrong. Yeah, absolutely. Um, just but what, why, wouldn't, why would we ever trust mainstream media ever again? Well, why, would why, we? why do we trust them anyway? Yeah. Do you guys think, um, last point, because I think we're about to wrap up for Certainly. the next changeover, but do you think the $41 million in tax exemptions that the McGowan <laughs> government gave the mainstream media, media. Um, and I'll throw in there before I complete the question, but um, do you guys know that Kerry Stokes, I, th- I think it was around $25 million he received in JobKeeper allowance? Exactly. And do you know that he did not pass on one cent? Doesn't surprise me in the slightest. I know that for a fact. I've interviewed some of the workers from Channel I wonder whether he had to give it on to his masters in China. Might have been a few payoffs. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So do you think that um, that $41 in tax exemptions... was a little bit of a... Oh, hey you're thing. being cynical, Andrew. Oh. I'm <laughs> terribly cynical, aren't I? The media love it, right? They're, they're, they're not paying tax. They're, the news is actually relevant again. They think it's Christmas every day. Why would they ever want it to end? Yeah. It's crazy, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And yet, um, my very own mother, who was a... I mean, the reason that I am who I am is really because of her. She was a very open-minded person, mm-hmm. yet she succumbed to the fear... And now, uh, obviously, I'm unjabbed, so I'm not going anywhere. Uh, I said to her the other day, you know, I haven't seen her for three years. She's getting old. Um, and, I mean, it was just because, you know, you know, you know, we're all living our own lives, but then COVID happened it just extended that period out. And I said, look, why don't you come over here? Because there's no way I'm going to be able to get over there. And besides, I'm way too busy. But, look, I'm worried I'm not going to see you for a few more years sort of thing. You know, she's in her late 70s now. She said, well, Andrew, I'm really scared. And I said, what are you scared about, Mum? She goes, I'm really scared about getting COVID. And I said, yeah, you probably should be. You've been triple vaxxed. But, I, you know, and I said it really in a nice way. It was a, it was a point that had to be made. This is a person who used to manage operating theatres in a hospital. My father was a GP. I grew up having discussions at the dinner table about every manner of medical procedure and all this sort of thing. And yet, magically, she's an intelligent woman. Mm. All of that training, all of that knowledge, to suddenly out the door. How is that? Well, she's not on on her own, is she? I mean, she's. I mean, there's so many professionals that's what I'm that getting are brought at. into yeah. the fear. That's what I'm getting at. I'll tell you. But it, it's it's really. It's been a magnificent, really, when you've got, you've got to admire the actual marketing of this. You know what I mean by... That's what I'm getting at with this know, 41 how, million in tax exemptions. Oh, the marketing, the way they've actually been able to do this and trick everybody that isn't awake and doesn't critically think. They have. And what really... I mean, it probably sounded nasty what I said to my mother, but it was very, very nicely put. Oh, let me just say that. It was I'm nicely gonna, oh, nasty. Oh, it, it, well, it had, it's a point that had to be made, right? Because... Um, I dearly respect my mother and, and I love her dearly, but um, I have had the long conversations since the beginning of this thing with her and she agreed with everything I said. But guess what? My younger brother who lives right around the... Well, not around the corner from her, but near to her, um, said to her, well, Mum, we're not going to be able to bring the kids over to see you because you haven't been jabbed. 
1984 double think, do you think? Mm. Uh, there's a lot of coercion happening at the moment and it's sickening. Right? And I said, are you kidding me? Uh, but anyway, it's, that's where we're at. Yeah, uh, yeah, all of my family are now jabbed and my cousin's gorgeous 19-year-old daughter has now got myocarditis. And uh, my mum said to me on the phone, they think it's from the Pfizer. And I said, well, do you think? <laughs> Any other variables apply? Yeah, anything know? else going yeah, on in yeah. the world? Mm. Not but normal it's so rare. It. It's yeah. so rare. Yeah, it's but so no, rare. No, 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 it's now very normal. Oh, is it? We're being educated. Oh, oh right, okay. We're, we're mm. being it's moved from being rare to being... Well, it's very normal. Mm. Anyone that said that this was a very rare thing in young people, well, they, they just had it wrong. Oh, gosh. I wish Alex Jones was here. <laughs> anyway, guys, we're going to wrap that up. Um, we've got the next lot of guests coming through. I'm pretty sure I, I heard Vicky knock at the door just before or I don't know. But I heard a knock. Any final comments? Uh, guys, how do people reach out to you? If they're, in your, if they're constituents of your seats, um, t- you- talk to me. Yeah, you can find me on Facebook, facebook.com slash Andrew for Durack, um, or on Telegram, t.me slash Andrew for Durack, um, or just search my name, Andrew Middleton. Lovely. Thank you very much, Josh. Uh, yeah, you can go to the party website or I'm on Facebook. The party has a list of the candidates with their email addresses. So you can get me there. Um, or I've got my phone number on Facebook. Yeah. And one more time, the seat that you're running for? Uh, Bert, so South East Metro. Thank you very much. And Rob? And as the Federal Senate position, um, uh, I am available on the website. So uh, easy to send me an, e- uh, an email. And then um, uh, my position, in, whilst extremely important, uh, my first uh, uh, thought for is to uh, support all of my candidates, the 15 in this state that I assist. Um, and uh, it is most important that we get those people through. They are a fantastic crop of people uh, and they are just ordinary Australians that are sick and tired of the tyranny mm-hmm. and they want to change things for a, more, for a greater patriotic Australia. Gentlemen, I didn't think I was going to be speaking to the UAP tonight, but I'm so glad I did. Best of luck. I really, really wish you the best of success and I, I really do believe that you're going to be successful We're going to make a change, right? We are. Great. Thank you for speaking to me, guys. And for the audience online, we'll be right back. Thank you, And again, I'm sorry for playing the same songs over and over again. (laughs) (laughs) I'm new at this, so please uh, forgive me. But we'll be right back. Thank you very much. (laughs) Cheers. And we're back. Thank you, everyone, for staying with us. Um, Unfortunately, during our last session, our stream dropped out and we lost all of our listeners. Um, I'm very, very apologetic about that. Fairly new at this live streaming thing and I don't know what actually happened, but I started a new one and I see lots of you are joining back again. So thank you very much for that. And again, 
I've got to apologise for continuing to play the same songs in between the breaks. Um, unfortunately, I'm just not that well equipped at the moment and we're getting better every day. So that being said, I'm now joined by Aidan Guru and Sean. What I've just met you. What's your last Connor. name? Connor. Sean Connor. Sean, you're, you're running for the seat of Perth with the Gap Party and Aidan also the seat of Perth for the Australian Fed Party. That's fantastic, guys, and you're great mates. Obviously, all part of the Tick Alliance, part of Co- uh, CADCO. Let's talk about CADCO for a minute. Aidan, would you like to kick off and tell our audience all about CADCO? Yeah, absolutely. CADCO is an alliance between three parties, uh, which is uh, Australian Federation Party, Great Australian Party, and IMOP, the Informed Medical Options Party. And uh, the reason it's been created uh, is is simply that our values and our morals align. Um, mm-hmm. And I think it's um, a really important message, uh, especially now at the moment there's a little bit of you know negative hysteria about you know what happens if there's a hung parliament fantastic if there's a hung parliament fantastic there's going to be a lot more accountability so it's a great thing and the other great thing is if there are minor parties in there that have helped you know form this hung parliament you want to know that they can work together and represent you and that's exactly what we're showing the people that's that's what we're about you know representing the people and and doing it from a position of integrity that we can all be proud of. <clears throat> and of course, mate, um, the thing that I find so unique and brilliant about um, the Australian Fed Party is bringing back the town hall meetings for the constituents. It's an amazing... I mean, it's not amazing, it's just refreshing. Um, so that's great. So, And Sean, so let's talk about you. You're, you're a latecomer candidate. Um, that's when, and I know we were just talking a little bit off camera, but... For the audience, tell tell everyone uh, what brought you to this point in your life that you would run for the seat of Perth. <laughs> well, it's a it's a very funny story. I mean, back when I'm 32 now, but back a decade ago, I I knew there was there was something amiss with what was going on in um, our day to day life and my friends and and not being able to uh, to be able to talk about certain things, um, which eventually went down the rabbit hole a little bit when the the COVID COVID um, hysteria happened and I, I knew immediately something was was definitely wrong here. Hmm. Um, and from there, I'd, I headed off to Canberra. I was just sick of um, sitting on my hands doing nothing, and I had the means to go, so I joined a convoy with. Um, uh, some fellow Perth crew and, and we went and we just decided to to leave it all behind risk you know not returning to my girlfriend and and my family uh for fear of not being able to return because of of McGowan's um overreach mate good on you yeah. I've got to say I'm a little bit jealous hey mate you're, you're a very tall bloke just tilt your mic up like that so that you can you don't have to hunch over and all that sort of jazz um tell me about your experience when you were in Canberra uh, I can say that it was the best experience of my life. Wow. Um, it was it was um, it was really emotional, um, and it's really hard to ex- just, it's one of those things you just will never be able to explain. Um, yeah, there's only a couple of instances in this period of time that um, I regret missing out on. That's one of them, 
and day two in Langley Park's another one. I've got a very good excuse for not being there. I also had a very interesting time that day as well, but um, all that that couple of days. But uh, I really regret not being in Langley Park that night. I was there for the first night, and that was amazing. Um, you know, lots of people were getting arrested, and there's nothing good about that. But geez. Uh, Mr McGowan, you made a big mistake that night by pushing the police in there like you did because you created a beast in Perth and that's where all of the groups formed. Not all of them, I shouldn't say all of them, but a vast majority of them. There were friendships made there that are going to last a lifetime now and all of these people are active and fighting against you, Mark. (laughs) So, Aidan... um, Let's talk a little bit about... Um, actually, I can uh, probably hit both of you guys up. Let me get my notes out. Um, let's talk a little bit about uh, your policies. Or the, the there's a few things, actually. Aidan, you and I did um, the Soil Regeneration podcast recently, which is still going quite well on my channel. Um, Look, it was a long format discussion that a lot of people aren't that interested in. Why, I don't know, because it's, a, it's an amazing um, change of direction for the environment. It's an actual solution instead of just, oh my God, the sky's falling in. Um, and, I, and I really, really enjoyed that. And, uh, mate, that was, a, that was a great day. But uh, what, do you, what is it that you'd really like to talk about most? Look, I think the um, the thing that most comes to mind and, and the most that I hear, so I've been out door knocking in the community for about four weeks, so I've, I've had the chance to, to canvas and talk to a lot of people. Great. And the one thing that resonates, resonates most with the people in the community is the idea of democracy, okay? Mm. And so democracy exists for the people. The mm. government is supposed to be a tool that is there to represent the will of the people. And that government is given its power by the people. Okay, it's a very simple concept. And if you very talk simple. to anyone on the street, they can tell you that's what it is. But if you ask them, do you think that's what we've got? Mm. The answer is overwhelmingly no. It's not no, what we've we're got. the government subjects <laughs> now, aren't we? Exactly. It's not, it's not what we've got. And so the people in the community have had enough. They're fed up. It's the word on the street. Everyone is because it's not what we've got and it's what we deserve. Um, And so the the message is is really clear, you know, from all of these people, all of these families and all of these good Australians is let's just bring back that representative democracy. And for me, it's the thing that drew me to Australian Federation Party and it's something that I love about other parties like Great Australian Party is that they feel exactly the same, which is how we can align with them so easily um let's just bring that back and we have a pledge to do that at australian federation party all of our candidates have taken that pledge to say to the people of the community if you elect us you are electing us to represent you Mm. all of our candidates have a conscience vote which means we don't vote along party lines we vote along the line of what the community tells us they want. And how refreshing is that? I don't know how many people don't understand that the Liberal Party, the Labor Party, all these, the main parties, the major parties, Mm. they can't, the the members of those parties cannot speak for themselves, generally speaking. Exactly, which means they can't represent you. If they have to vote (coughs) along party lines, they can't represent you. 
So if you vote for somebody that can't represent you, then you've only got yourself to blame when you're in the same situation we're in right now. Mate, I, I conducted a little bit of an interesting experiment recently. I sat, I was in front of my computer and I started looking up some of the, you know, well, we're, 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 we're saturated in signs at the moment. Sorry, I, I know you probably some of them. <laughs> in fact, I know you're, you're, I know you're on I some wish of I had Clive Palmer's money and I could have more. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, um, Jesus, um, there's certain individuals that have just gotten a lot of signs out there. Um, Kate Cheney, mm. with all your dark money. Um, but uh, where am I going with this? I've lost my train of thought. I think what you're wanting to say to the people is get to know your representatives and get to know what their party stands for. Yeah, so actually, mate, thank you for prompting me. I went and started looking up some of these people on the on these signs all over the place and um, one of them was Ken White. Mm. I had a bit of a read up on him and um, it took me about five minutes to realise that in his entire, I, I think it's around 13 years he's <coughs> been in government, mm-hmm. government has achieved nothing. <laughs> nothing. And I thought, hang on, Andrew, you must be misreading this. So I called, I'm from the East Coast, mm-hmm. and I have been here for 14 and a half years now. But I started calling up other people, going, hey, listen, this Ken White guy, uh, I've just had it done a bit of research on him, and it looks like he's done nothing in his entire 13 years. And um, every single person, there was five different people I phoned, Going, didn't even flinch. Yeah, that's about right. And I thought, wow, in 13 years you've done nothing. And obviously Ken is Indigenous. And so I also went and spoke to some Indigenous people. And they just laughed. Oh, yeah, he's done nothing for us. Mm-hmm. And, um, and this is what we're talking about, right? So you guys are, are making yourselves, you've, you've, you've pledged to be answerable to the people. Absolutely. Mate, it's very, very refreshing. Can I just um, add to what Mate, he was please, sort of saying? Yes, thank um, you. The, the problem with this country is, is that it's, it's like a wild west. Uh, there, is two, there is two laws, um, two parallel constitutions running side by side. What is happening with the country at the moment is that it's meant to run with the Queen, the people, then the Parliament. Mm-hmm. Instead, now what we've got is... The Queen announces on a piece of paper the Parliament and the people. And the what's meant to happen is is that when where the House of Representatives is meant to represent their constituents and what GAP has been talking about is running monthly uh, forums where it's a, like our, our policies are just there, but it's up to the people to create the policies because the, the people are the governing power. Wow. And that's what... That's what we're doing here at Gap. We just need to get back under the constitution and just and just do it that way. And yep. the people, the people decide. We we don't decide the policies. And so you guys, what you provide the forum to to develop the policies, and the people join in on that. So the, yeah, is that so what, is that right? Is that so what you're say, to say in the electorate of Perth, there is an open forum uh, every month, and the people come and voice whatever opinions and and um, grievances they have. Uh, and then the this, this sitting member takes it back to the to their house to to represent them. And yes. it's as simple as that. 
And um, look, I, I, I think, I believe I'm going to be speaking to Rod soon, tonight. Um, so that's going to be exciting. I can't wait to do that. So for everyone listening in, please stay tuned. We've got lots of interesting people coming back up, but yes. Yeah, I mean, Sean raises a really, really great point. Uh, and, and it's great. We can actually announce that on the 12th and the 17th, uh, Sean and I will both be holding a town hall meeting. Together. Together, exactly. Wow. Together. And there'll be a couple of other candidates, freedom-friendly candidates from the Perth electorate there as well. And it is an open forum Q&A. So now that's the Tick Alliance in action. Yeah, it's, it's exactly Cadco what we... Action. Yeah, it's CADCO, it's Tick Alliance. It's just integrity in action. Come mm. down, you know, talk to, talk to Sean and, and talk to me and ask us about you know, the, these guiding philosophies that we have as parties and get involved and give us that feedback so that we can represent you. It's that simple. Gosh, it's a, it's a change of pace, isn't it, that? Yep. Well, it, it's, it's like what Rod said about co-ops. I, I know obviously this wasn't spoken on the, on the podcast, but he said that co-ops work well. That's why government got rid of them. Yeah, and, why and not create for, co-op? for everyone listening, Rod's just come off stage here at the Laguna Club, is that right? Oh, I'm, yeah. I'm, oh, yeah, I'm yeah. In here doing the. I've missed out on it all. Yeah, you've missed out. Sorry. Oh, it's a bittersweet <laughs> night for me, but um, that's okay. Um, I'm having a great time in here speaking to all of you people, um, and we've had some really interesting discussions tonight already. Um, so, what? Wow, that's really interesting, Sean. Um, just can you tell me again how long? When did you sign up? About two weeks ago. Whoa. <laughs> Unbelievable. I, um, so that's never why had I haven't any, met you before. No, I've never had any interest to, to do politics. I was asked, so that's why I'm here. And well, that's fantastic. What an honour. Yeah, it, it was an honour. And, and to, to be running with Gap, it, it's probably the, one of the biggest honor, the biggest honour in my life. Like, So I was uh, pretty humble when, when I was asked to run, so I said, why not? Mate, if somebody said, I've, I've brought this up a few times, and if somebody said to you a year ago that you were going to be <laughs> running for the seat of Perth with Gap, would you have laughed at them? Oh, definitely, definitely. Isn't it interesting how this experience that we've been through just has completely revolutionised for, for many of us who we are and what we are uh, and... You know, it really focused our integrity and our morality and all of the things that make us human beings. I can tell you that um, I am not a journalist, yet I'm, I'm doing interviews with people on camera kind of like almost every day now. And I can tell you for a fact that um, prior to this change in our consciousness... Uh, I would have been shitting myself doing what I'm doing right now, but it just feels so natural and so right. And um, I don't know how how else to expe- uh, explain it. I guess it was just the calling that I had. And uh, I just felt compelled to go, I already had the camera gear, but to go and buy a microphone that I could put in somebody's face and say, hey, how are you? What's going on? Why are you here? Tell me about your background. And so that's... Um, just such a common thing Aiden you'd be the same right because you and I were kind of brothers in arms flying fly out mining workers yeah yeah we we were absolutely and you're right um it is a place that a lot of us have found ourselves in recently you know it, it wasn't my natural choice I enjoyed 
being an underground miner and sticking to my hole in the ground. Mm, I enjoyed flying out there and working in open cut iron ore mining. Yeah. I loved it actually. Yeah, you know, I've I've worked with some really amazing people, and I've got fantastic you know tales to tell about the adventures that we've had, and it's been great. Mm. But I guess we all found ourselves in this position where we were put between a rock and a jab place. and um, <laughs> Between a rock and a mandate. <laughs> yeah, between a rock and a mandate. Um, and, you know, my background in explosives is, well, you blow the rocks up. That's how you get them out of the way. Um, we couldn't do that in this situation, but, it, it, you know, it's, it is how we've come to be. And a lot of people are waking up and feeling exactly the same way they might not be you know creating a podcast or standing up to be a representative mm-hmm. but i can tell you in their hearts they're feeling exactly the same way and they're motivated by the exact same things we're motivated by and it's yes. simple it's putting a roof over your head it's feeding your kids and it's just being proud of the the country that you live in and the way that you treat your neighbors mm. and i can tell you people are sick people are sick of you know, the, the environment that's been created over the last couple of years and changes here. Absolutely. I'm sick of all the, I call them libtards. <laughs> I, think, uh, I think someone overseas started that, but it's so true. Um, geez, I've run into a lot of them over the last few, <laughs> few months. I guess you guys have too. Um, everyone here in Perth knows exactly what I'm talking about. You know, when... Um, I was, I, I've, there's been a few occasions where I've gotten a little bit cheeky and um, when we couldn't buy alcohol. Mm. And I, so I thought, well, hang on a minute. Okay, I can, I can get that through my head that I can't walk into a bottle shop, but I bet I, bet I can go through a drive-through. And you wouldn't believe it. I, I go through the drive-through at my local um, OBH, I'm talking about you. And um, it just happened to be one of the managers there and um, with the employee, right, and uh, I pulled up and said, yeah, mate, can I get a case of beer, case or whatever it was. Uh, sorry, mate, you need to put your mask on and can I see your your, um, your your certificate? And I said, oh, what is this, Nazi Germany? Achtung, <laughs> show me your papers. <laughs> and the woman went, oh, come on, that's a bit much, don't you think? And I said, do you think? She goes, oh, you're being a fool or something like that. Get out of here kind of thing. And I said, don't worry, love, I'll never be back. So me and Jimmy Brings became friends that day. Same. <laughs> Same. <laughs> what sort of an idiot do the, do, do, you know, puts in a rule where we can't go and buy alcohol but we can get it home delivered? <laughs> <laughs> good on you, Mark. That was a great decision you made there, mate. It was a good uh, month or two <laughs> off drinking. For I think for a lot of us, <laughs> so it yeah. worked out pretty good. It, it was a clarity good. for us all. It was good. I lost <laughs> a little bit of weight at that time, um, but um, geez, I was relieved when I, I, I found that I could get a case of beer. Well, I what? was oh, sorry. Oh. I was in Canberra yeah. when I found out that they opened up the bottle shops. I'm like, damn it! Why'd I come to Canberra? Oh. <laughs> now I'm stuck here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was funny. I, I actually think I was on a march on a protest. And someone said, oh, have you tried Jimmy Brings? <laughs> I went, no, who's, who's that? And then I, ha- I thought, hang on a minute, I did get something in the mail about that. Went home, found it, oh, installed the app. God, what a relief. Um, guys, we're going a bit off track here. Sorry about that, audience. Um, what would we, 
Do you want me to hit you up with some hard questions or do you want to, is there something you want to talk about? Sean's, Sean's going, no, don't do this to me. I've only been in the game for two weeks. It's yeah. also late. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm. It's late. I'm happy. Oh my God, it's 10 p.m. Yeah, I know, but I'm, Crazy. yeah, I'm happy. Hit, hit us with some, some hard questions. Why not? We can only try. Okay, let's have a look at this. Um, let me have a look here. I've got a few things. Guys, I think I know the answer to this. But are you looking um, at being? Are you you do you want to look like a good politician, or do you want to behave like a good politician? Yeah, I'd say no to both of those. I'd be fantastically happy if I never look like a politician or behave, or behave. like one. What a great answer, mate! Thank you for that. I really appreciate it, Sean. How do you beat that one, mate? Uh, well, when I joined Gap, I was like, "Do I need to shave my beard off?" Which the answer was no. We're we're a party full of uh, <laughs> full of full of Lip criminals because everyone's it? after us. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're always in court. So just oh, be that's yourself. A great Sean. place to be though. Yeah. Just be yourself. That's a good. That's great advice. And that's. I mean, it, it would be so difficult to, for me to talk on on this podcast without just just going in on it on the fly and just just being myself. And that's that's yeah. how I just want to. I just want to be real because we're, I think everyone's sick of politicians, aren't they? We are. Mm-hmm. We are. I don't think that's a stretch. Amen. Even the even the jabbed people are sick to death of the politicians. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, here's a really hot topic: the Chinese port up north here in WA, and the air, the the airfield right by it that can they can land jet fighter aircraft on. If you guys got into power, and I know we're we're talking about the seat of Perth, it's not like Senate and. Yeah, whatever, but um, and equally is important. I'm sorry, mate. I, I didn't mean to offend you. Um, but <laughs> me and Adrian, um, Aiden go go back a little way now, don't we, mate? But um, is that insane? Uh, uh, would you, t- if you had the ability to, to just to end that, would you? Look, um, I don't think we should have a rash answer to a question like that Mm -hmm. you know the relationships we build with other countries are important Mm -hmm. however we need to have a little bit of backbone and understand that any agreement we come to should be in the best interest of the people of the country and so i think the more important question when reviewing decisions like this is when you hear stories that they paid one dollar for a port Mm. or one dollar for an airfield regardless of who they are it doesn't matter if they're Chinese or Brazilians or anybody. We really need to be asking, is that in the best interest of our country to be selling Absolutely. assets for $1? And, uh, and if so, you know, why, why are we making these decisions? Who's made these decisions? It, it sounds like a bad deal, so we should be looking into that and holding them accountable. <clears throat> Who is making these decisions? I want to know. Well, I don't think it's the people because if you ask the people in the community, should we be selling an airport to a foreign power for $1, I'd think they'd say, no, sell it to me, I'll give you two. Because yeah. I would have paid $2 for <laughs> it. I would have paid five, mate. See? It, there we go. Yeah. Um, Sean, any last comments? Well, I was just going to answer that question. Go, that please. Was all right. Yeah, that's what I'm well, asking. Well, what so. do you think about it? It's up to, I, up to me, the people as, to as decide what yeah, they think and tell me. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what I think it's disgraceful. Mate. That, yes, that's a Aiden, you have been campaigning hard, <laughs> haven't you? Your attitude's completely changed. Um, 
Yes, I think it's disgraceful. I really do. Um, I think it's a, it's a, sec- a security threat. I really do. As do I. Yeah. So. Yeah. I think everyone would agree with that. Simple math. Yeah. Um, gentlemen, our economy is in tatters. We're paying enormous amounts for fuel if we can even get it at the moment because what we're, we, we have four weeks of fuel at a time. What the hell is going on here when we as a country have abundant natural resources and we could be doing all of that for ourselves, but no, we dig it out of the ground or pump it out of the ground, we send it straight overseas to be manufactured into something that we turn around and buy back. Mm. What the heck is going on here? Yeah, you you raise a really good point, and I think the word is sovereignty. And it it gets Mm. thrown around, and a lot of people might not always, um, you know, realise what, we talk about when we talk about the sovereignty of our country and and that is exactly what you're talking about here the ability for your country to be able to operate on its own on its own two feet and we've had that sovereignty of our country taken away we have the resources we had the refineries you know we've we've switched them off yep you know and we've compromised our the sovereignty of our country by making these sorts of decisions so national security isn't isn't always about a gun or a bomb or that's right or a, a submarine to a French manufacturer. It's about our ability to survive. It's about, yeah, it's about our ability to actually mm. maintain our sovereignty and be self-sufficient. Now, to most people that run a household, that's a pretty basic concept. Yeah. You know, you have to be able to look after your household. And, you know, you work hard and you put the roof over your head and you look after your kids and you maintain the sovereignty of that house to make sure you can pay your bills, you meet your obligations. Mm-hmm. It's basic, it's basic concepts that everyday Australians understand. The question is, why don't the politicians understand these basic concepts? Mm-hmm. And I think the reality is that they're asleep at the wheel. Yes, they've definitely. Got, they've got, well, they're being not, paid they're not, off. Well, they're not highly skilled, and the reason for why they're not highly skilled is not up for me to decide, but we can all see that it's true. They're yeah, not we highly can see skilled. this happening. They're not making very good decisions, and they're not working in the interest of people because everyday people can see this. Yes, um, guys, um, we've got Adrian McRae stepping in. Adrian, come over this side. Um, I noticed Vicky's poking your head through the door there, so I'm not sure whether we've got another uh, set of guests coming through very soon, but still, uh, look, it's, it's quarter past ten at night. I'm surprised. Uh, it feels like five minutes have just gone by, but it's actually getting late. So for all of the people that are listening to us right now, I thank you so much for sticking with us. Um, and it, we, I do believe I've still got some very interesting guests coming. Mm. Um, Rod Cullerton one being one of them. We, a hoodie, another one. I'm not sure. So I hope I don't disappoint everyone by them not coming in. But um, there's still lots of action out, outside of this room. So I wouldn't be surprised. Adrian, welcome to The 8 News Show, which is the name of our podcast. Thank you. You're from Port Hedland. Yeah, down from the Pilbara, mate, just um, sorting a few logistics out for the uh, last couple of weeks of my campaign for Durac. Mate, it's fantastic to have you down here because um, it's not so easy to just travel back and forth between Port Hedland in this day and age. Look, it's not like it was with uh, <coughs> prior to the shit show of um, COVID, but certainly... Um, 
Yeah, just uh, you know, got used to the the long drive now with all the um. You're driving. Yeah, driving. Yeah. Wow. Gosh, mate, fair bit of dedication. Oh, look, it's it's sort of you get used to it. It's it's 500 k's pretty much in the nearest town, so do an extra thousand and you're almost in Perth. Yeah, mate, tell me a little bit about your background. So we've we've talked, I've talked to the boys about their background. Um, we're all just regular people here. What about you? Yeah, mm-hmm. look, totally regular, regular person, mate. I um, grew up in a farming family in New South Wales. I um, went to uh, Sydney to play a bit of rugby and study my commercial pilot stuff and went back to the farm after that. I got a, eventually got a rugby contract in Europe, moved over to Europe for a while, got injured playing over there, so I sort of travelled the world for a couple of years um, just working my way around the world. I uh, sort of ended up on boats in Alaska, out in the Bering Sea for a couple of seasons. And what were you doing? I just commercial fishing boats and uh, yeah right yeah so did a few um, few seasons up there and then yeah sort of worked in Africa and on those travels I um, climbed Kilimanjaro with a a uh, couple of mates and um, travelled sort of all over Africa spent a bit of time in Botswana working on a mate's farm and got to see a lot of the um, sort of some of the some of the worst um, poverty that I'd ever experienced particularly in Zimbabwe and and some of East Africa so I um, always sort of had a thing I'd go back there and. After my travels, I ended up in a school in um, Idaho, studied equine dentistry in Idaho for uh, three years and then worked <laughs> sort of working on horses all over Australia between the US and uh, and uh, Australia and then um, got back here as the first dentist sort of doing horses and doing fillings and things like that. And That's unusual. Yeah, mate. look, it's an odd one. So it, the veterinary profession got a little bit uh, jealous by what we were doing because we'd sort of taken animal dentistry really? to human human levels. So the vets made it um, illegal for have me you, to practice. Uh, have you ever met Jacinda Ardern? <laughs> I often look at the teeth and think I could do a number on them. That's for sure. Aiden, <laughs> I just said, I just said, I just said, you have been out campaigning. <laughs> He's a different bloke. I don't know who you are anymore. Um, so, so yeah, so, so, so my profession got made illegal basically. So I, I ended up in the Pilbara to pay off my student bills, and and then um, yeah, and sort of came up north, and within sort of a year, I saw a few opportunities and. Uh, Started buying a few bits of equipment, and my um, bills that I went to the Pilbara to pay for sort of grew from you know fifty thousand in student bills to you know much bigger in uh, in the construction space. But uh, through the through the um, work, I sort of spent a lot of time up there working pretty hard, and um, I sort of saved a bit of money. And through that, I was able to go back to Africa and start um, a few charity projects based wow. around Kilimanjaro. So we um, during that time, as because I was a, obviously a pilot as a young guy, I. Um, Used my love of flying and adventure, and went back to Africa and started. Um, got the Tanzanian government. I sort of petitioned them for three years back and forwards from the Pilbara, and I uh, got them to change the laws of the country to allow me to paraglide off Mount Kilimanjaro. So, <laughs> Far yeah, so out, mate. it became um, it became quite a big sort of international charity event. Now we call it. It's been known sort of world worldwide as the world's most exciting charity event, and really? sort of had a lot of um, high profile people involved, and um, yeah, sort of you know, had a. Had a couple of films made about made about me by international filmmakers, and Sixty Minutes came with me in in twenty thirteen, and crazy sort of had a had a little bit of notoriety there for a little while. Well, I knew you were special from the moment I met you. But, <laughs> yeah, no, um, that's special. That's so interesting, mate. So I would say that with all of the worldly experience that you have, that you are well qualified to be representing the people for Gap. Yeah, look, I I'd like to think so. It's you know I do have a. Uh, I'm very fortunate to have the sort of worldly experience I've had and certainly um, coming from the agricultural background and Rod, Rod's very similar. We're, we're similar in a lot of ways. He mentioned tonight about the um, the shooting of sheep and things like that. I, I was um, We probably shot 
seven or eight thousand on our own farm as uh, as a little kid. I remember, you know, I was probably thirteen was or fourteen. I had probably shot four or five thousand myself. Tell tell everyone why. John Kerrin was the um, Agri- minister for agriculture um, back in sort of early nineties in the in the um, Bob Hawke slash Paul Keating years, and uh, they decided to remove the um, the floor price in the wool wool stockpile. Basically, basically the wool stockpile it no, it no longer had value until that time there was a set price that international markets had to pay for wool. Yeah. And so wool fell from, um, you know, the minimum was 700 cents a kilo back in the day and it fell basically to zero. So the government, in to sort of cover their ass, um, basically said, oh, your sheep are now worth something, nothing, so we'll pay you to shoot them. And um, so, yeah, so farmers... So hang on, you didn't you didn't sell them for meat, you just shot them and left them on the well, ground? Well, no, you couldn't. They Well, literally there was... Um, I'm not so saying you, but I'm saying no, the there's such a No, there was such a glut... Um, such a glut in in now with wool that the, you know wool being without the floor price had had gone, and um, look, it was there were so many stupid things done at the time. The Russians at the time were going through the collapse of the um, you know the Soviet Empire, and so Russia offered offered Australia we'll swap your um, we'll swap your wool because they needed you know obviously a pretty cold country they mm. needed they needed they, wool. they would take the wool we'll swap you for oil they're very rich in oil and gas, mm. and um, you know we were told obviously. Obviously, the word came from above, probably like COVID bullshit. Um, so they said no, and uh, we were sort of left with no, no, no option other but to but to shoot sheep. And I was, you know, I'm mean, as a young bloke, it was pretty um, disappointing to see, you know, be part of that. As you know, seeing my dad's family bred those sheep that we were shooting probably for a hundred years. So yeah. that was there. That was you know a, a long line of you know improving improvement of breeding and all that sort of thing. So my old man couldn't even do it. You know, he couldn't actually bring himself to do it. So he got us kids to do it. So it was. Not a nice thing, you know, shooting sheep, dropping them and then open the gates and use a bulldozer, push them into a hole, bring the next lot in, shoot the next lot. Mate, I'm um, shocked to hear that. Um, okay, so I be- let's let's change tunes there. For a <laughs> that was a bit depressing. Wasn't it? <laughs> no, I was sure. um, mate, I believe you've got a, a very strong following up there in Port Hedland. Oh look, I don't know. I don't know you, I have a following. A I don't. I don't. You know, very I'm active community, though, right? Look, we we have had a pretty. Uh, I've been sort of involved in the um, in the. I guess we sort of come to call ourselves mm-hmm. the freedom movement or whatever in the Pilbara. Um, I was sort of the first get together we had. Everyone standing around, and one of my friends said, "You need to say something." And you know, I didn't. Uh, I sort of, <laughs> I'll say something. What do you want me to say? So I sort of, you know. Started talking, and then that led to um, you know being the spokesperson at all the rallies, and then of course the big rallies in Perth. I'd sort of come down, and um, the big rallies in Perth. I'd often speak at, like the big one in Forest Place, where I think we had fifty or sixty thousand there on the twentieth of November. I was fortunate to be asked to speak at that, and um, I was there, mate. Yeah, so look, it's um, it's been uh, you know, it's sort of been a bit of a journey, but look, it was very much an accidental thing. I certainly um, like all of us here. Yeah, exactly. Except I mean, for Aiden. look, I don't think. <laughs> This Sorry, I had to say that. <laughs> no, but this whole thing, you know, is none of us. I'm, I'm sure we've all got better things to be doing than bloody, you know, talking politics. You know, yeah, we do. Politicians are. We've got know, no other choice, though, mate. Unfortunately, yeah. Mm. Look, you know, politicians have, you know, kind of understand. You know, I think we've all learned in the last two years, in particular. You know, we probably didn't like politicians at the best of times, but they've become, you know, a proper enemy now. So they have, mate. Yes. Yes. The scourge of Australia. Yeah, that's a that's a compliment. That is a compliment. <laughs> that's you, Scamo. Um, <laughs> guys, any last words, Aidan? What would you like to say before we change out? I, I think Vicky's knocking on the door, so 
Um, I just actually want to say thank you uh, to everyone in the community. There's a lot of people on a lot of levels, whether you've spoken at a rally or you've turned up at a rally to cheer. There's yeah. a lot of people that have sacrificed a lot. Um, so I want to say thank you to each and every person that's stood in their truth and actually you know, been brave enough to do that. And I want to let everybody know that they're not alone. It's very easy to feel isolated and I want all the people in the community to know that you're not. There's so many people that feel the same way you feel. There's a lot of love in the community. So get back out there, engage with people and find that love and support and realise that you're not alone. Mate, and um, jump in, Sean. Adrian, I know you're in Port Hedland, but um, are you going to be at the rally on the 14th of May in 10 days' time? Yep, absolutely. So here's a great opportunity for everyone listening and for everyone who's going to listen on the on the posting later on. If you want to come down and not only support an amazing cause, but meet the guys who are running for Perth, come down and find them in the crowd, ask anyone, and they'll be able to point you in Aidan's direction and Sean's direction. Sean, are you going to be at the rally on the 14th? I wasn't aware there was a rally, but I will be attending now. Mate, that. we'll forgive you for that because <laughs> you're, I know you're new and you did go to Canberra. Well, yeah, I've sort of I've turned the um, gas off on the, on the rallies uh, of late ever since coming back from Canberra because I've been busy fighting fighting that fine and writing notices and... Good on you, mate. Letters and... It's a just cause. Yeah, so... And you're playing your part and that's what's important. But, um, mate, if you are there, uh, hopefully everyone can come down and say hello to you. I'm sure you'll have your Gap T-shirt on by then. I will. Yeah, good yeah. on you, mate. Good on you. You're not representing, Sean. I, you've uh, only been I in the game for two weeks, so the, we'll forgive you. The again. Post hasn't delivered it yet. Haven't they? Yeah, there's something well, going on Well, bloody hell, needs bloody pull, get his, the trunk of his car open and pull one out. <laughs> I'd have to take it off his own back. <laughs> Probably. Can I film that? <laughs> um, Adrian, what? Any final words, mate? Um, no. Look, thanks for uh, thanks for having me on, and um, hopefully, uh, hopefully, I'll be able to get down on the fourteenth myself as well. Just really? Guy. Yeah. The guys asked me today if I'd talk, and I'm in Broome the day before. But if there's a flight, I might jump on and. Mate, shoot down and uh, you and Selena doing a lot of miles. At yeah, the moment, look, it's a big uh, Durack is a big area. It goes from Perth to Kununurra, so it's three and a half thousand k's top to bottom. So it's a it's a long long drive, that's for sure. You do get used to the miles, but uh, yeah, we'll be able to listen to good podcasts like yours and uh, keep us awake. Mate, I tell you what, it's a great thing that you're doing, and I, I just hope that you continue to find the energy to do it. And best of luck, and best of luck to all of you, um, great members of the Tick Alliance and Cadco. What an amazing, um, what an amazing venture! So, guys, thank you for all of our listeners. We're going to put that same damn tune back on. Now, I'll try and choose a different one. Again, I apologise for that, and we will be back in just a few minutes. So, here we go. I think it's going to be a bit of a slow start, but you'll get into it. Okay, I'll talk to you soon. Bye.
Okay, everybody. Thank you so much for continuing to um, stay online with us. Um, I see we've only got four people right now, so that's still amazing. Um, and, of course, we're going to have the post later on, so you can always get back onto it and listen to the entire show. Um, but at the moment, the candidates are all on stage in a Q&A session, and it's, as I just said uh, a few minutes ago, having an extremely robust conversation, I'll put it that way. Uh, and... Um, <clears throat> the entire room is totally encaptured, so I can't see us having any guests for a few more minutes yet, and who knows, maybe 10 minutes. So I really, really appreciate you staying online to listen to this, and uh, it's just the way it is right now. So we're, we're, we're having a fantastic evening. I can't believe that it's 10.42pm. It feels like um, I've been here since 2pm this afternoon, about 2.30 actually. It feels like I've been here for about five minutes. So it's quite an evening we're having here at the Laguna Club. Uh, and I just truly, truly hope if you can stay online with us, I think we are going to have Rod Cullerton, and I'm sure everyone wants to hear from him. He's causing quite a stir out there. Um, and not, look, I'm I'm just poking my head out every now and again, so I can't make a proper comment. I'm only seeing snapshots, but um, <laughs> it's been quite interesting. And uh, everyone's telling me that I've missed out. Now I don't think I've missed out because I've had a fantastic time here doing this tonight um, online with you guys and all of the amazing guests that we've had. But we do have a few more really fantastic guests coming up and so I urge you to please stay with me. I'm, I know I'm going to continue to play the same damn songs over and over and over again um, but uh, it'll be worth it I believe. So thank you again and I'll be right back and I'll try and pick a better song. We'll go with La Femme. At least it goes for a few minutes and you can enjoy that for, for a few more minutes until I get back. And I'm just rambling on right now because it's late. So anyway, back soon. Andrew here, post the event. This is Friday afternoon and I'm just putting this episode together to be uploaded onto the Podbean channel and I'd like to say that uh, in closing, we didn't end up getting the final guests on board because the, Q the Q&A time just ran way, way over and in fact finished at around half past 12 in the evening. By that stage, it was just, uh, it was the end. No one else was going to come on. Everyone was absolutely exhausted and just wanting to go home. It had been an extraordinary evening, very, very, very successful, and we all left uh, very pleased with the outcome. 
So in the end, the decision was made to just shut down the live stream. Um, it was disappointing that we didn't get to have Andrea on or Rod uh, or Hoodie. However, I'm very, very pleased to tell you that they will be on again with me very soon. And in fact, if you continue to monitor the, my Podbean channel, you are going to hear an, a, a fantastic interaction with Rod Cullerton, which we recorded in Fremantle the next morning. So um, please uh, comment, like, share, subscribe, all of those things, and stay with me. We've got lots of really exciting guests lined up for this show that will be on with me over the next few weeks. So look forward to seeing you back again soon. Bye-bye.